Okay, I'm number six, and this is the New Prisoners Podcast. And I am here with TMP contributors Lisa Belanger and Chris Graves. And um, this week, we are not joined by my good friend John Henry, uh, unfortunately, but I will jump right into this week's monologue. So here it goes. In early March of 2020, I was warning friends of mine of what I was hearing about through alternative media, something about a virus in China. The videos that were circulating were frightening, but I still thought in the back of my mind that what I was hearing about in China couldn't happen here. I lived through the bird flu scare. I listened to Jackie Chan and no longer played with dead birds. Plus, this is America, the safest country on earth. I thought our military industrial complex that I paid all this money for in taxes would be able to spot a virus headed our way like it was a balloon the size of a couple school buses. Ladies and gentlemen, maybe I was wrong. A few short days later, as I was anticipating going to a concert with some friends, I got word that the show was postponed due to the outbreak. Even though I was the only one out of that group of friends that paid any attention to the news, let alone those YouTubers everyone was worried about radicalizing people, I thought that the hype would die down. And as usual, the media and its alternatives would soon move on to a different story. I was wrong again. When I got the call from my boss at the time, that business was shutting down indefinitely. I had experienced being laid off before, but never because of something like this. I still thought as I finished up running my errands that day to the laundromat and grocery store that I'd only be out of work for the two weeks my boss told me. I was pissed that I'd have to use the stupid unemployment site to claim those two weeks and I'd probably have to fill out a bunch of forms. I hate forms, especially confusing ones designed by people in government positions. This, still I thought, would be the greatest sacrifice I would have to make. And I was wrong. How could something like this have snuck up on me? I listened to Tim Pool and Alex Jones talk about it. I listened to Steven Crowder in the quartering. But when the lockdowns happened, I was stunned. Hearing those words come out of President Trump's mouth at the press conference that Friday the 13th made every, everything devastatingly real. I knew then that my country would be facing a great challenge, but I was still confident that these measures would be temporary. I was worried about the effects on the economy of shutting down businesses for two weeks. That's a whole pay period for a lot of folks like me who live paycheck to paycheck, I thought. With all of the compounding side effects of shutting down this industry and that industry and everything for two whole weeks, it was something that was going to cost a fortune for the world's economies. It was going to take years to recover from this, I thought. I believed. Like after 9-11, we would spend trillions. But our way and quality of life here in America would stay relatively the same. And things would normalize again, just like after that disaster. You know it, folks. I was wrong again. For the next several weeks, I was constantly listening to something about COVID. I had nothing but alternative media channels on my YouTube subscription list. I would jump from video to video all day, soaking up as much info as I could. 
caused problems in my relationship because even though I was trapped in my apartment, no job, no guaranteed future, and no social life, I was listening and thinking about how this may have happened. The idea that this virus came from a wet market in China, right next to a bio lab, was a huge red flag that everyone noticed. It was telling, watching certain left-wing outlets, how they went along with the Chinese Communist Party's claims and cheered on their authoritarian approach to solving this crisis. How efficient the government is there, my leftists, my leftist friends would say, would never be able to take that same approach here because people like their freedoms too much, they claimed. Some would continue on with that same way of thinking, even until all the evidence that has been presented so far today. And they still believe that the government should have done more to us. They believe we should have locked down harder, masked forever. Any new shots that come out should be mandatory. At this point, folks that still believe that are no longer my friends. Not after what happened after those two initial weeks. If the world had just gone back to whatever normal was after two weeks of lockdown, I probably would have went back into the cozy cocoon of alternative media, but carried on with my life. Still thinking I was smarter than those leftist friends of mine. Still believing in voting in the, in the right candidates like Donald Trump, whom they hated. But I knew better because I understood then that the other side of the aisle was evil and authoritarian. Then Trump told me that the lockdowns were being extended. That the biggest companies on the planet were going to start working with him and the government to solve this issue. And a sinking feeling came over me. My president, who's supposed to be on the right, is claiming that what I would call fascism is going to solve this problem. That everyone I knew was going to be on some form of welfare. That industries, my culture, and what I believed in politically were all about to fail me. The depression I suffered after that pushed me further into listening. And I started to write down what I was hearing and feeling. I gained weight. Drinking no longer helped. And I lived with an earbud in, waiting for the good news that this was over. Three years later and this isn't over. We're still knee-deep in an emergency. My faith in my country, my culture, and what was presented to me as alternative media has been shattered. And I've been looking for a new one ever since. As of late, though, I've found a new home here with all of you. All of us that were betrayed by our own government. Whose faith in each other was tested. Whose culture abandoned them. And whose media lied to them. Or kept up the normalcy bias that everything was going to be okay and to trust the sick plan. For those of us that have survived the past three years, I think it's our turn to take over the decisions made in our lives. I don't want to go back to the old normal. I want what we should have had in this country all along. And that's control over our own destinies. And each week that we meet up here, I feel we become closer to that. Thank you all for being here being part of the crew, 
in restoring my faith and saving my life. And that's this week's monologue. So, Chris, Lisa. Yes, I wish I could be on the camera right now, but a little bit of real life has creeped in. So No worries, man. <laughs> okay. But that was that was beautiful, man. As you as per usual, very awesome. Oh, I appreciate that, brother. Um, and you've been doing some podcasts lately, haven't you? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I was just on the Infinite Fringe with Billy Ray Valentine. Holy crap, was, that's an awesome show. Oh yeah, and he was uh just on Get Mad with Chris Graves last Friday, so we kind of uh did each other's shows. So it was kind of nice. That's cool to be able to do that too. You know, when you when I was talking about alternative media stuff and the monologue there. It's nice that we have, you know, friends like that. People that you can reach out to then that have had shows. Jeez, how long has Infinite Fringe been around? You know, it's that's oh, a, he, it's an OG it show. <laughs> he brought it up. It was around 2012, 2013, I think. Wow, oh, man. Yeah. So he was just at the forefront of all this. Kind of like our friend Mr. Rochelli around the same time. Yeah. OG. Yeah. I mean, shout out to those people. You know, when it comes down to it too, like I think that, uh, you know, for me, uh, before all this, I had never heard of certain voices, right? And, you know, other things like if it wasn't on the mainstream platforms, if it wasn't, you know, something that uh, friends of mine or even like people in my family were sending me, probably wouldn't have given it much thought, you know, thinking that all these different places, no matter what I went to, like they pretty much all held the same line. And then like finding folks like, you know, Chuck Ocelli and Billy Ray, like now I have different perspectives and in fact, often perspectives that, you know, are opposite of what I originally probably thought. Like it just, it, it's challenging actually. And one of the best parts I think about alternative media is that challenge. Like I, I it's, it's, it's easy for all of us to maybe pick up on what's going around the news and what everyone is, you know, sort of regurgitating, you know, the same old lines. We see it all the time, right? You know, you, you turn on Tim Pool in the morning, you turn on uh, this or that, and just like whatever Dan Bongino or Tucker Carlson or any of these other folks are talking about, it just seems like that's the news cycle. That's the thing that everybody goes into. And then the, the same conclusions are sort of repeated over and over again. And that's how I thought I was, you know, really finding truth, you know, because truth repeats, right? Like if, if something's demonstrable or repeatable, that's scientific. That's like, if you go to, you know, you're getting someone's analysis and opinion, but when you hear the same people saying the same things over and over again, man, you start, you start to believe it, but then you look at project mockingbird and how that works. <laughs> right. You know, what's, what's the famous thing? Repeat the lie so many times, you know, I paraphrasing, but. Well, yeah, you repeat the lie so many times that, it, you know, the lie becomes truth to people. And, you know, I, I think that, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, targeting certain specific people necessarily in alternative media for doing this. And I'm sure that it's just a natural thing. It's why that psychology works whenever it comes to mockingbird media and repetition and regurgitation in media, right? Because, I mean, who really, who really has the time to even dedicate in their personal lives? to figure out what's right and what's wrong. If they, even if they've found their way to alternative media, they're probably taking in whatever's being said. And, you know, if they're not taking it as gospel, at least if they're looking at multiple outlets, like I normally do when I aggregate information, that if they're all repeating the same line, then, you know, in the next conversation that you have with friends or family or 
whatever, or even with yourself and your own internal dialogue, you're saying, okay, well, this is true. And then you move on from there. But how critical of a mistake is that, Lisa? You know, to just accept that blindly. Uh, oh, <laughs> you're talking to the person who says question everything and question everybody. So, <laughs> Yeah, and it really was, it's a challenge. It's a challenge to your personal faith. It really is. It's a challenge to your faith in, in humanity and each other, especially when, you know, because a, a lot of us, you know, that have found our way here to alternative media forms, you know, we know that the mainstream media is garbage. We know that they're corporate owned. We know that, uh, you know, what they're telling us is is all to rather lie us into some sort of war or spending trillions of dollars on, you know, solving some type of social ill that'll never be solved that way. And that's why we came here. That's why we started doing this, a lot of us. But then you see, like, you see Tucker Carlson get, you know, 14,000 hours before all of us do. You know, and, and, and you think that all the other people in the alternative media are just going to take whatever he's dripping down to them and just repeat that and then miss every little thing in between there that could have well, been Well, there's exposed. a correlation to that, too, Six. Um, Dan Rather was the only uh, journalist that was allowed to watch the Zapruder film right away. And Dan Rather was the one that would come out to describe what he saw to all the other journalists. Why is that? And he described it the wrong way. He said that he saw JFK's head violently going forward, which when we look at the film, that's not the case at all. So, And it was the same thing with the Twitter files. Oh, selected uh, media influences. Really? And everybody licks that person's boots. Give me a break. Gross. Yeah, well, I mean, when it comes to bootlicking, though, I mean, a lot of the people that I think that latch on to these alternative media figures um, or or ones that are even presented as such, like, I don't think I wouldn't necessarily fit Tucker Carlson into being alternative media because he's on like the biggest, you know, bullshit, you know, controlled opposition platform known to man in Fox News and News Corp. What happened to his bow tie? Yeah, exactly. Bring back the bow tie, bitch. But um, no, it's for me, you know, the, the, the other people that present themselves to you as an alternative, it, it's so easy to run to that opposite side because they, they present an antithesis to what you know is wrong. So if, if what you know originally is wrong, then the other thing being presented, most people are likely to think that that is right then. But there, and then when you start getting in, in complicating it more, and trying to explain to people, even people that you know, still to this day, that you know that that side of the media itself can be co-opted, it could be infiltrated, it could be controlled, um, it could have influences behind them and power and money behind them that you know may help them uh, come up with these alternatives that they present to us. And anything more than like two steps anymore these days, you know. Like if you if you buy a product and and you have to assemble it, if it's any more than like two or three steps, people like often give up or they mess it up. Like it's 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 hard to go into like multiple layers of questioning, of thinking, of interpretation. The thing I married an alpha warrior man. Ah, see, see when he you know when he gets the stuff you have to assemble, right? Throw away the instructions. I don't need. <laughs> there you go. There you go. 
But you guys understand, right? That it's just like with these complex matters, yeah. it's hard to tell somebody that like, oh, that found something that's an alternative to the regular media. Like, listen, you're, you're still getting the same mainstream media talking points. You're just getting them from a different head on a different camera, in a different place. That's all it really is. And, and what really hurts, what really hurts is that, you know, then people just give up after that. Because it, then it becomes too it becomes too complicated. It becomes you, you lose your faith and you lose your trust in it that anything's gonna you know come good of it. And then when that type of depression sets in, like you just you try and escape uh, to something else. You realize someone that you trusted they, they were compromised. You know it's not a good feeling. Well, yeah, and, and just, just give up, like you said, you give up. Yeah, and there's so much there's so much room that you could run to especially these days, if you just want to switch off, you know, if you just want to tune out altogether and uh, you know, I, I could sit and I, if I wanted to with like a, you know, a, a YouTube uh, app on my TV, I could sit and I could watch wrestling from now until the end of time. If I wanted to, there's enough, there's enough hours of classic eighties wrestling that I could go back and watch all of the old WWE or WWF, you know, stuff from back then. And, and, uh, NWA stuff and all the stuff from Same the AWA yeah. yeah, you know, yeah, I could just bury myself in that stuff and Wait, just Matlock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, even yeah. Matlock, you know, if I wanted to, I could just watch every episode of Matlock back to back. I don't even know how many hours that is, right? It's gross. It's probably a lot. It's probably a lot. Yeah. But I could murder just watch that back to back. Yeah, Murder She Wrote too. All those old classics, <laughs> right? Like, well. if because nostalgia has that type of allure to it for me. You know, of going back, thinking of simpler times. Like when I think of Matlock and Murder, She Wrote, I think of my grandparents. I think of being over their house on the weekends because my parents definitely needed a break from my ass because I was never this well behaved. Um, you know, it, it was just something like, get the fuck out of here for the weekend, please. Leave us alone. Yeah. You know, so they'd ship me off over to my grandparents and I'd watch shows like that. I'd watch Golden Girls, I'd watch Empty Nest, Batman um, 66. Oh, yeah, yeah, the old Batman. Absolutely. And I'd watch Saturday morning cartoons and wrestling and, and like uh, going back to those times for me still like gives me like this warm feeling. Like I get great memories of, you know, my grandma giving me rolled oats for breakfast and taking care of me. Uh, my pap teaching me stuff in the, in the garage and everything. Cause I was never very handy. So it's just like, this is a screwdriver. This is a hammer. Don't hit things with it. You know, those kind of lessons. Uh, but uh, you know, for me though, uh, getting lost in that nostalgia would just be like another way, just like like taking a drug and just losing my uh, that part of my consciousness, you know, slipping into another form of addiction, really. And I do, I, I mean, admittedly, I do have a media addiction. Like I usually have something going on. Might be because I have a little bit of tinnitus too from standing, you know, next to loudspeakers at concerts all my life, but. Uh, I like having some kind of background noise going on pretty much all the time. If it's not music, it's it's something like maybe political talk show related or, you know, go, going even to like wrestling podcasts or something like that. Like I have something going on in my house all the time to this day. But what I choose to do with it has changed. You know, over the past few years, like instead of just taking all that stuff in and regurgitating it to friends and, and other things like that, maybe in random conversations, especially with John Henry, you know, when he you know, text me late at night because he lived in Hawaii at the time during the lockdowns, you know, so I'm up and it's like three o'clock in the morning and it's, you know, 
late on, on his end. He's still awake, you know, thinking about things because he's not working too. And John Henry's a busybody, so him not working is not a good thing. <laughs> yeah, not a good thing for him mentally or anybody else around him, probably. So, um, you know, just having those conversations and sort of like having a little bit of a community left of people that I could talk to about this stuff, doubts that I started having, you know, doubts in, you know, what was going on with uh, the president, what was going on with the approach of, you know, of solving the COVID issue. Um, and then also what was being talked about in all these different alternative media channels too, because I mean, I really didn't have anyone else to bounce that off of. So people out there that don't have a network of friends like that, you know, that are just basically alienated or isolated in a world where like they listen to this type of stuff, but they don't have anyone else to kind of bounce it off of. I think that and they that, don't know what to do with that information either. <laughs> well, yeah. And that, that, that uh, it's in itself can be a trap, right? Because if it's just you, like if you're just in a family of people that just want to watch Matlock, right? And it, it's, <laughs> and it's, and it's you, it's only you that is listening to the, like this crazy alternative media stuff. You know, like if you're tuning in to Chuck O'Chelly and Billy Ray Valentine, like you might sound like a complete crazy person to them. Right, like you might feel isolated and alone and and afraid, and and you might not want to bring up those topics. You might just want to talk to them about bullshit. You might just want to small talk people. You might want to keep to yourself. You might not want to go to social gatherings. Like it just, it, it, the whole entire thing can be alienating. And, and the paranoia ramps up too. <laughs> well, that too, because yeah, I mean, damn, look at what they did to Bill Cooper. I mean, look at what they've done to the, to people in the past like that to talk about shit like this. I mean, look what they did to Michael Hastings. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, I mean, just a John Q. Public that listens to these stories because usually the stories are so dark it makes you not want to trust your neighbor even. Well, yeah, yeah, it really does. Uh, it does that, and I, I think that part of part of the real evil of having like a, a like a utilitarian or you know, a uh, combined um, or broad spectrum type of mass media campaign like this, you know, the way that it affects people. I mean, that's the reason why I took on like the imagery originally of, of the original prisoner show, uh, because it, it was, I felt like I was trapped in a world full, filled with hypnotized people. And I, I mean, I still sort of feel that way, but I know that there's at least some of us out there that like the treatment didn't take. And I don't know why. I think I have a good feeling as to why though. Like, and uh, thank you rescue dog for pointing out the psychological examination I'm doing here on everyone, but yeah. Thank you. Uh, I know I'm just sitting here. <laughs> yeah. But, but I think for us, like, and, and other people out there that listen to the show and then, and, and, and kind of mess with us on, on social media and everything, I think it was trauma, you know, and all the people that we talked to like this past weekend and even the weekend before that, when we talked, talked to, I'm going to say it, John Baudouin. I think I did it. I think I did it. Baudouin. Baudouin. <laughs> okay. Baudouin. I'm not even going to attempt the, uh, <laughs> the actual pronunciation. Yeah. But it, it came up in that conversation and it's come up several other times too when we've talked about it. But I, I think for me, like, there's just something that has to be wrong with you for you to see the world right. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> I mean, I am damaged goods, folks. <laughs> yes, yeah, Seagraves Mask Guy, ladies. <laughs> if if you if you want a project, <laughs> well, 
lifelong project. Yeah, if you want a lifelong project, if you think you can save a man. <laughs> oh, you know what? We you think I can like, get a grant? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can get a grant. <laughs> we need to do the dating game. Oh, man, that would be fantastic. <laughs> we should do that. We, we missed our opportunity this Valentine's Day, but we'll we'll have to do it closer to Halloween because then we can get into some. We'll do it on April Fool's oh. Day. Ah, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking doing it closer to Halloween so we can get you up. Pictures of ladies in naughty costumes. <laughs> but speaking of something wrong with us, there we go. No um, yeah, exactly. But you have to have something fucked up happen to you to get this stuff, right? Like it's just no normal person just really goes along their day just like listening to Fox News because they think that that's the truth or CNN because they think that that's the truth. You know, taking it at face value, taking all that for granted, and then all of a sudden just turn on a dime and go, you know what? Everything that they're telling me is bullshit. I should doubt everything that they're telling me now. Like there has to, there's something like an object not in motion, right? Has stays in that, you know, in that place until it's enacted upon by a different force. And I really do think that that different force is the unstoppable force meets the immovable object. Oh yes, absolutely. WrestleMania three, one of the best, one of the, the best. dark night. Thank you. Oh, oh that, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, I think, uh, oh, Rescue Dog says individual betrayals and injustices, injustices blah, 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 awaken us to everything else. That is true. I mean, Lisa, you had a grave in, injustice done to you, and that woke you up in a different way, I'm sure. You know, like, I, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure that you were kind of on it before that, right? That you, you know, you had all the faculties, you had all the abilities to think the way that you do now. But I think that what really gave you that avenue, what opened up all those pathways for you to kind of explore in your mind, in your own personal journey, in your own, in your own head, was because of the, those traumatic things happening to you, right? Oh, my God. Talk about a wake-up call. Well, I mean, total disillusionment. Uh, you spend 15 years as an attorney uh, thinking that the law matters. Uh, arguing cases in court, uh, seeing that this seemingly as though uh, you're, you're using cases that mean something, and then you go to this hellhole called probate and family court. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and all of a sudden, wow. Well, when everything that you're successful in the outer limits and you go into, the, I mean, really, what a cesspool. Just nothing mattered. It, it didn't, <laughs> didn't matter what evidence you had. I mean, I, I was just like, talk about, the, I mean, the shock factor. I'm like, what the F is going on here? I'm like, what? I can't introduce real evidence. What? What? Lisa, it actually doesn't sound any different than the regular court either. <laughs> you well, know? <laughs> you know, it's a little bit more insidious. In the well, yeah, because you got your children, you got families involved. Yeah. Well, I mean, on the outside, it, it they do a good show. You know, it's not as obvious of the inner workings, right? They 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 make it look. They feign it, you know, it, they make it look good. And, but in, when I got to probate and family court, and that, but you know, that was uh, what, over a decade ago. Um, 
in that realm and was just like, wow, uh, anything goes. I mean, they had no shame. I mean, I mean, it was so in your face that that nothing they would use, Like they would use children as leverage and things, right? Like, well, children. I mean, listen, they rip your family members right out of your, you know, your uh, your core, your 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 central unit, just like. Right. I mean. And there, believe me, there was no warrant. Wow. So, I mean, when people think medical kidnapping is a science fiction term. No, no, it ain't. Well, and that breaking of people too, that breaking of their spirit, that creates a nation of indoctrinated oh. people, doesn't and it? Gaslighting, gas, yeah. and, and then and then uh, making them out to be villains. Okay. Yeah. When really the people who are exposing the truth. They come at you and and paint the picture to the outside. Oh, they're crazy, you know. Yeah, I would I would love to do a, a special where we have folks on that we've met, you know, on Twitter and other places to give their oh. testimonials about what happened to them in family court. Because I think that when we you know we talked about Matlaw kind of jokingly before, but think about it those those types of stories those murder mysteries and those big crime stories and stuff like that no. there's so many shows out there that get so much attention to that that end of court but you know when it comes to like the family court matters and other things like those don't get sensationalized as no, much we gotta those don't do get utilized sex. in media we got to do is we got to we got to we got to go and uh use the actual court audio hearings that i have mm-hmm. in the transcript Okay, because you can't make this shit up. Yeah. Right. And, you know, we should really do a deep dive into like, we'll do like digestible portions. Yeah. You know, of the court dates, uh, things that really, I mean, indisputably go on. Not he said, she said. I mean, actual. Oh, yeah. We could take that and we could take uh, bits and pieces of other people's stories too. Just to show that this isn't this isn't just something that you were targeted for because you're a whistleblower, you know it isn't just something that you were targeted for because you understood what was going on and you're a lawyer, like and, and your your family, you know your dad in particular, you know may have had some money, like this is something that you know affects so many friends of ours that just you know I I, I listen to people that you know that they, they or I read what people DM me about their cases their stories. You know, I see how it's ruined their lives. It's changed their personalities. It's changed the way that they look at other human beings, even. And the people don't even have to have money because I'll tell you what, the, the bread and butter of the system is about milking the Medicare and Medicaid. Oh, yeah, because they can right? just pull it out of the ether then. Yeah, that's an, unend- that's an unending trough whenever it comes to government expenditure, right? Because when is the government ever going to shut off that, that valve? Never. Like they're just gonna they're just gonna let those benefits roll. Social uh, our friend Don Jeffries wrote about this this past week. Shout out to Don. You know, wrote about you know that Social Security's off the table. They say right. You know, they're not gonna mess with that. That's gonna continue on for forever, no matter how broken and how stupid the idea is. That that it's just gonna continue on in perpetuity. Well, we'll have another pandemic that uh, targets old folks at first. Well, yeah, that's how, that's how you save on the balance books a little bit, but even that. Like it just it, on it on its you know on its surface, um, it's not going to work. Even if they wiped out all those people, like that money is gone. 
Like there's no audit for that. There's no true audit of, of or accountability. Well, you just go to Ukraine. That's all. Sitting well, right just there. make up fictional people, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fictional people that you send the money to that also vote, you know, <laughs> there's or like Zelensky and who get government benefits. After, right? Oh, yeah. And then government benefits. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then there's Zelensky. Uh, we, we have a video that we'll show in a little bit, too, of uh, what Zelensky said about our sons and daughters. Yeah, that is very angry. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Well, uh, I think that's a that's maybe a good point. Speaking of very angry, that's a good point to uh, jump into uh, this week's J6 update. So here, let me open up these tabs um, and I'm going to do a screen share. But actually, uh, Chris, you sent something to the chat here. So I'm gonna get that. Oh going yeah, no, that was just the uh, for people to uh, see what I was talking about when it when it comes to a certain journalist getting access to evidence oh. and other journalists not. It's the Dan Rather, the famous uh, video where he describes J uh, JFK going forward. Let's take a look, when, shall we? The films we saw were taken by an amateur photographer who had a particularly good vantage point just past the building from which the fatal shot was fired. The films show President Kennedy's open black limousine making a left turn off Houston Street onto Elm Street on the fringe of downtown Dallas. A left turn made just below the window in which the assassin was waiting. About 35 yards past the very base of the building, just below the window, President Kennedy could be seen to to put his right hand up to the side of his head to either brush back his hair or brush rub his eyebrow. President Kennedy was sitting on the same side of the car as the building from which the shot came. Mrs. Kennedy was by his side in the jump seat in front of them. Mrs. Connolly and Governor Connolly. Governor Connolly on the same side of the car as the president and in the front seat two Secret Service men. Just as the president Put that right hand up to the side of his head. He, you could see him lurch forward. The first shot had hit him. Mrs. Kennedy was looking in another direction and apparently didn't see or sense that first shot or didn't hear it. But Governor Connolly in the seat in front appeared to have heard it or at least sensed that something was wrong. The governor's coat was open. He, he reached back in this fashion exposing his white shirt front the assassin's window he reached back as if to to offer aid or ask the president something at that moment a shot clearly hit the governor in the front and he fell back in the seat mrs connelly immediately threw herself over him in a protective position in the next instant with this time mrs kennedy apparently looking on a second shot, the third total shot, hit the president's head. He, his head could be seen to move violently forward. And Mrs. Kennedy stood up immediately. The president leaned over her way. It appeared that he might have brushed her legs. Mrs. Kennedy then literally went on the top of the trunk of the Lincoln car put practically her whole body on the trunk. It appeared she might have been on her all fours there, reaching out for the Secret Service man, the lone Secret Service man who was riding on the bumper of the car, the back bumper on Mrs. Kennedy's side. The Secret Service man leaned forward and put his hands on Mrs. Kennedy's shoulder to 
push her back into the car. She was in some danger, it appeared, of rolling off or falling off. When we described this before, there was some question about what we meant by Mrs. Kennedy being on the trunk of the car. Only she knows, but it appeared that she was trying desperately to, to get the Secret Service man's attention or perhaps to help pull him into the car. The car never stopped, it never paused. In the front seat, a Secret Service man was, was on the telephone. The car picked up speed and disappeared beneath an underpass. Back to the panel. Thank you for that, Chris Grace. Um, my just remember back into the left, right? Was that uttered uh, at all? Yeah. Dan Rather's description. Well, the, and I think of Dan Rather too, uh, in my, you know, sort of political era when I was listening to Fox news regularly and things that, uh, Dan Rather is the guy that lied about George W. Bush. He's the one that lied and lost his career actually after lying about George W. Bush's uh, uh, military service and that whole scandal. That that's what that's what destroyed Dan Rather in in popular media. He sort of disappeared after that. In that instance, I have to say that he may have been trying to do the right thing at the time. Oh yeah, I mean no doubt, but but still, like but I always he had a whole career six after uh, giving that description that we just saw. He had a whole career. He replaced Walter Cronkite on uh, CBS as the lead, you know, newsman. Um, I will say this: he. He did tell us about how Building 7 looked like it had well-placed dynamite in it. I mean, he, he let that slip out on 9-11. So, you know, I don't know what to make of uh, Dan Rather, to be honest. But it reminded me of the Tucker Carlson thing, getting exclusive uh, rights to, you know, witness mm -hmm. January 6th footage. It's like, why, why not let the whole public see it? And who chooses that? Like, look at who's choosing it currently with Kevin McCarthy. You think exactly. Kevin McCarthy, given given footage to Fox News, isn't going to be good for Kevin McCarthy's political career? <laughs> you know, like he he's the one right. that relies them uh, on them keeping up that that media trough that people yeah. will continue to go to, no matter how poisonous the the food and water is being served there. Like, and what about all these these trials going on? Like, why can't why aren't the defense like why aren't they privy to all this footage too that could potentially exonerate their clients if that's the right oh, term. Oh, you mean why aren't defense highly paid off feeding attorneys doing their job? Right. <laughs> those those charities are rip roaring though, aren't they, Lisa? You know, people people giving up their hard earned money to try and free up those people and, and like we saw last week, I mean the first hand what people are doing down in DC still to this day. Even in the cold of winter, out there singing and and, and and giving support, you know, to the people on the inside, the people on the inside flashing their lights. That was an amazing time, you know, to to witness, and to think that those people are still being taken, you know, that they're still being fooled. They'll still be they're still being given false hope that people in the media, the people in the government, are fighting for them. And it's hard to take somebody like that aside and be like, because you know that they they have the passion, that they have the love for their fellow man, that that's why they're there. That's why they're doing that. But then to tell them that they're still being betrayed, you know, that can make somebody just throw up their hands and go, you know what? Now I'm not going to try. Now I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to go back and I'm going to put on whatever. Maybe I'm going to watch Matlock until the end of time. And that's it. <sighs> yeah, Matlock. Yeah. Well, well 
<laughs> this is probably a good time to let people know if you want the truth, help us get some transcripts. No, Lisa, that is an amazing point. Um, yes, we we do um, here at the New Prisoners have an idea that we could uh, you know use to expose a lot of what's happening in these J6 trials, um, and that's by getting our hands on the transcripts. And transcripts, unfortunately, you have to pay to get access to those. So the big media companies, they have those budgets where they can- $8, thousands of dollars, right? Yeah, yeah. The big media companies, they can buy those, and then they can take little slivers of them. You know, sentences here and there. They're, they're giving them uh, carte blanche. Uh, I can't prove it, but I have a feeling that they just get them. And what's so uh, great, though, about what you're doing, Six, with uh, DNP, is that we're going to make it that everybody can see these transcripts firsthand. Yeah. Don't have to believe anything that we say. People can see it with their own eyes. Yeah, with large files like that, anything that's submitted to us for the show here, folks, uh, we're going to put on Subscribestar. Uh, that that website actually um, here. Let me do this, and I'm going to drag it over to the screen so people. Very accessible that website, right? Six. Yeah, yeah. Subscribestar is really easy uh, to get onto. Um, let me look up the new prisoners here. That's us. All right. Lisa, has it always been so expensive for transcripts in general? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's how they, well, that's how they, the court racket keeps on thriving, right? Um, That's the whole thing that people don't really know what's going on because it's, no, but I mean, like with the less controversial uh, cases, has it always oh, been that way, or is it more of a newer phenomenon being so expensive? No, no, it's pretty much always been that way. Yeah, this we, is uh, our page here in Subscribestar. 25, 25 years I've been in it, more mm-hmm. than 25 years now at this point. But as it's you see here, we only have one tier. We don't have no, we don't have any paywalls, folks. You can go here and subscribe for free. And this is where we're going to upload large files uh, to what we are calling the TMP Document Vault. So when we get on our hands on some transcripts, it would be, we were really fortunate uh, to talk to uh, Nicole Reffitt, uh, Guy Reffitt's wife, along with Gary uh, the other night on the stream. Um, and she said that she could get us some some documents. That'd be very helpful because I think that to give the audience a, the proper you know perspective and understanding as to how these processes are working, um, they're not going to. We know that they're not going to get the right type of explanation from the mainstream media. Hell, they'll take maybe 30 seconds to try and explain it. Folks, we'll, we'll take a couple hours to explain this stuff. We can go much further in depth than any little 30, you know, second. Hell, even if it's five minutes or even an hour, you know, like we can go, we can go harder and deeper <laughs> here at the New Prisoners. So, uh, and an attorney who actually is, is willing to explain to people what really goes on in the club. Well, yeah, not too many, not too many lawyers doing that, baby. Yeah, Whoa. and not and not the same type of. Uh, I'm sure, you've seen like the law experts that other channels have on, right? You know, it's it's not going to be coming from Alan Dershowitz, Mister Footjob. You know, oh, <laughs> Mister Handy, yeah, Mister no. Handy, yeah, exactly. Buddy? Yeah, yeah, it's not going to be coming from that fucking guy. Um, yeah, Mister Epstein's best buddy. Best friends. Mr. E- mandates are, are uh, essential. Remember, he was having that thing with Bobby Kennedy. And 
like, oh, yeah, you should be arrested. You know, I remember when Alan Dershowitz said, oh, yes, his number one favorite stu student, Ted Cruz. <laughs> oh. Yeah, Ted Cruz, who's good for a soundbite and for nothing else, right? Well, apparently, remember when Donald Trump, was, during the campaign, Trump was like, yeah, didn't your father uh, shoot Kennedy? <laughs> I thought it was uh, the Zodiac Killer. I think that it was rumored that Ted Cruz's dad was the Zodiac Killer. Well, we need the transcripts, so we'll, we'll, we'll find that out. Yeah, we can get the transcripts for that one. That'd be amazing, yeah. <laughs> but um, now, anyway. speaking of like mysteries and stuff that's probably hidden by most media, uh, let's talk about this story. Um, this is from the Epic Times. This says, oh. attorney, attorney suggests that Pink Beret uh, lured a defendant into the Capitol on January 6th so he could be charged. Oh. And this is pictures of Pink Beret here. Look says, at that left one. What's, what's that her, song like she by, um, what was that song? Oh, yeah. Red Beret? Yeah, yeah Raspberry Beret. Raspberry Beret. Beret. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say, yeah. Raspberry Beret. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it. Kind of fine. At second hand, you know, Graves, you know, second hand store, raspberry beret. He was killed too. Well, anyway. yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to talk about that maybe yeah, in the next good. uh rock and roll conspiracy yeah. show for sure. Yeah, yeah, Prince, man, Prince Tom Petty, too. Um, uh, yeah, I wanted to see him and I almost got the chance and uh, let it slip by. RIP to a legend there, too. Um, but yeah, this girl, dude, uh. I've been researching, as you know, I've been researching this not as much as Gary has, obviously, but uh, I've never come across this person. Well, and how many uh, other stories like this are even out there? Like in, in those thousands of hours, exactly. Now, I'm not, don't get me wrong, folks, because this is what we were talking about with like running to the opposite side because of what's been exposed, right? Yeah. I, d I don't want there to be like a massive surveillance effort. I don't want there to be like that. I don't want the facial recognition to come in here to help. But solve it's this. there for uh, <laughs> incidents like this that already happened. Let's let's dig it out. Yeah, let's analyze it. Speaking of Batman, just like uh, how Batman was given access to all that information, right? And then he turned hey, it back over to hey. Lucius Fox so they could destroy. Uh, it. Listen to this though. Mm -hmm. I love this. And she had high heels. I'm surprised they didn't say stilettos. It says she ran in high heels. So I'm just like, what kind of hoe? No, never. Well, this reminds me of expensive clothing. Now that's a high, you know. Oh, well, that reminds me of the, the girl in the polka dot dress during RFK's assassination. That is very, very important here, Lisa. I'm glad that you brought up the clothing. Let me let me zoom in a little bit more here so people can kind of see in these pictures. While you're zooming, uh, guys, just remember those three tramps that were arrested in Dealey Plaza as possible suspects. If you look at their shoes and everything, they have like expensive shoes on, but they're dressed like tramps. Like it was a poor job. Oh, we're like going to talk about those tramps. Oh, yeah. Tramps. We're going to hey, talk what, about those tramps. What's that in yeah. her hand? Is that a riding well, it's it's a broken stick, and we'll, so we'll get to oh, that in the in the article. But I wanted to point out, Lisa, you you picked up on something. You have great instincts, of course. Look at her clothes. Now, if you look at everybody surrounding her, right, she stands out like a sore thumb. She's got this bright white coat on. She's yeah. got this bright pink beret that's going to stand out. So if you have any type of you know uh, advantage point on her. Like say, say if you're on a tower, like or, an umbrella man type thing. You oh know, yeah, you know, the umbrella man. Oh yeah, yeah. Signals. Well, it's it, so it would be super easy to spot her 
All right. And now I'll, I'll read some of the article yes. and it'll kind of explain what I'm getting at here. It says a potential oh, femme fatale who wore a bright pink beret, not a raspberry one, expensive clothing and high heels on January 6th might have been a government cooperator. That's a light way to put it. Who lured a Washington man into the U.S. Capitol, a court filing suggests. In a motion filed by U.S. District Judge John Bates, defense attorney Kira Ann West said she needs to identify the woman known on social media as hashtag pink beret to fully defend her client, Daryl Neely. It says uh, in quotes, long before she was spotted walking into the Capitol hand in hand with Mr. Neely on January 6th, pink beret had been making a fashion statement all over the Capitol grounds. West wrote in her filing pink beret was spotted on open source videos near the site of the first breach. Hmm, kind of like Ray Epps too of a police barrier at about 12.50 p.m. She sprinted across the West Lawn wearing high heels, so that's kind of impressive, you know, to uh, get to the Capitol as quickly as possible and to be the first one to get there, West Road. Now, under directed by Pink Beret, it says, hashtag Pink Beret, in quotes, pushed through the first gates at the Peace Circle. January 6th defendant Will Pope alleged on Twitter. She then grabbed a random man's hand, which was defendant Daryl Neely, and walked him into the building. That's different. Um, now, I've had women grab my hand and lead me to places. Usually I'm willing. Uh, but uh, <laughs> when it comes to like going to the Capitol, like we've oh. talked about this before when it comes to like honeypots and other things, like you just have this like really well-dressed, pretty decent looking you know, woman be like, hey, come this way. And I men are just say, like, this, yeah, I'll go with you. <laughs> is this a B-rated like 007 thing? I mean, really, this is this is a role B, man. I mean, really. well, I mean, if there were if there were <laughs> infiltrators, right? If there were people here to provoke what happened, um, this certainly fits that description. Uh, it gets worse, as you would say, Lisa. So let's um. Let's let's talk about this more. It says another video shows oh, wait, her. It gets worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Repeatedly uh, waving the crowd into the Capitol. So in this picture, like you pointed out, Pink Beret uses a broken stick. It says to direct protesters into the Capitol. Now I don't know if that's you know a hundred percent accurate because they're not showing the video here. We know a certain somebody that uh, probably would and maybe has that video. We're going to talk to him, um, but it says that Pink Beret uses a broken stick to direct protesters into the Capitol on the Upper West Terrace on January 6, 2021. This is the worst contends. Twinkie defense I've seen ever. Uh, twink is a, a, a proper term there, um, maybe. Uh, I don't know. That, I think that's just applies to the gay defense men. But, rest. Yeah, but uh, it says Attorney West's motion stated that Pink Beret was seen elsewhere, too, outside and inside the Capitol. She was everywhere, alone. And with other individuals on the Upper West Terrace, she stood atop a small staircase, it says, directing people like a conductor, like Arturo Toscanini, into the Capitol. Oh, that was a great reference, uh, Wes alleged. Now, it says, uh, Mr. Neely's entry into the Capitol, uh, this is the person that she grabbed the hand and directed him in there, it says, was directed by Pink Beret. Oh, allegedly, I say. Uh, West alleged in the court filing. Now, she had associates in the building that day, it says. And seemed to have had information well beyond that of a normal citizen there to protest. Now, we've seen footage already of people seemingly knowing exactly where to go, even though that wouldn't make any sense for them to even go that way. Right, guys? 
Uh, so this kind of fits that description as well. But it also says Mr. Neely needs to know who she is and why she was there. Uh, he also needs to understand if he was targeted by her that day and for what purpose. Now, it goes on to say that Pink Beret is listed on the Sedition Hunters website. Fuck them. But she is not listed as a wanted person on the FBI's January 6th page. She has not been arrested or charged. Of hmm. course. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. You're only looking for this two years later from the defense counsel. Yeah. Well, it, well, yeah, it gets worse. It gets worse. Now, Neely, who was opposed, supposedly or allegedly led by this woman into the Capitol, he had his hand grabbed and followed her inside. Neely is being charged in a superseding indictment on October 12th of 2022 with six federal crimes, including obstruction of law enforcement officer during a civil disorder, theft of government property. That's a fucked up one. We're going to get to that in a second uh, with less than a thousand dollars value entering and remaining in a restricted building or grounds disorderly and disruptive conduct in a restricted building or grounds uh, also disorderly and disruptive conduct to obstruct Congress and parading, demonstrating, or picketing in a Capitol building, which has happened several type times since then, um, I, I believe. But you know, no, no charges for the other people that that do it um, or have done it before that. But yeah, you know, nothing for Pink Beret though. He gets all this. He was led into there supposedly, and nothing for her. But despite requests to the Department of Justice, which is a, a misnomer at this point, right? Uh, yeah, irony. Yeah, to identify Pink Beret, prosecutors have declined. So the prosecution always hiding evidence, no matter what. Um, we know that. But here's here's where it gets really really interesting for me, at least. And I think you guys are gonna catch on to this real quick. It says easily identifiable under that to date, the government has not definitely uh, definitively, sorry, stated that Pink Beret is not a government agent or cooperator, um, only that they have no knowledge of that as of now. So they're just like, oh, you know, whatever. I don't know. Uh, West wrote in his court filing, but it says to in quotes, as seen on open source videos and photographs, Pink Beret was an aggressive actor and was photographed and videotaped all over the grounds. She was easily identifiable. And Wes said she provided a possible identification to federal prosecutors. Really? <laughs> so she even provided information to the prosecutors and the prosecutors still aren't doing anything? Meanwhile, they're going to nail this guy? Well, here, let's talk about it some maybe more. Maybe she was involved, Six. Just maybe. Well, here's, here's going to be your clue coming up here soon, Grace. Get ready. It says, with respect to the girl in the beret, we declined to provide information about ongoing investigations. That was DOT, DOJ trial attorney Joseph McFarlane, who wrote to West on August 12th of 2022. So it says, West says that at this point in time, Mr. Neely is seeking to identify this crucial witness in this case. The government has been withholding discovery on the identity of this important witness who would be able to, who would be able to testify that Mr. Neely did not steal anything while inside the Capitol and that the police items were returned to the officer in the crypt. Now, that sounds like, you know, a level for a Mortal Kombat game or something like that. But let's talk about these police Sub -Zero. items. Zero. It's a really weird thing, these police items. All right. So it says, according to the defense motion, while in the crypt, Pink Beret allegedly collected items belonging to a police officer, stuffed them in a backpack. Now, Neely then took the, the defendant. Neely then took that backpack from her, right? We know, we know pl plenty of people like Victoria White that tried to stop wrongdoing from happening and paid for it, right? Well, this is another case of that. 
Neely apparently took that backpack from her and returned it to an officer standing nearby. Now, for that, <laughs> he's being charged with stealing. He saw wow. somebody else steal shit, put it in a backpack from an officer. He grabbed it from her and gave it back to them. He's the one that's charged. See something, say something, get charged. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> put that on the shirt. Now, when, uh, when the pair entered the Capitol uh, Visitor's Center, Pink Beret began acting strangely, Wes said in the motion. Pink Beret immediately turns around when Neely isn't looking and runs to the escalator shaft. No. Oh, that's- she also <laughs> runs in high heels, too, so of course she's going to run to the shaft. But she it's- likes the shaft, all right. But, right the balls. but here's, here's what really stuck out to me, guys, and let's see if this uh, signals anything to you. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. She then Ooh. ducks down and removes her beret and continues up the escalator in a crouched position. She put another hat on because some of these characters are known to do that. Mm-hmm. Take the hat on. Uh, take the hat off to signal that it's you. Uh, maybe crouch then, in a position then, then to signal that it's you. On. A totally different one. Yeah. Oh, you're right on, Grace. You're right on. Well, man. that crouching could be more than one thing. Because <laughs> that Columbine, the other shooters were known to uh, to uh, put on different colored shirts, and there's all kinds of signaling going on there too. And all the police were. Well, it says during the course of the interactions, Pink Beret made statements to Mr. Neely that indicated that she knew a lot of people at the Capitol that day, Wes alleged. That seems odd as almost all day she is solo until she attaches herself to Neely to enter the building. Why befriend a stranger only to mysteriously ditch him? Then Pink Beret exited the Capitol at 2.43 wait, wait, p.m. Wait, wait, wait. And, but here, and why did he attach himself? To a stranger, by the way, that's wearing a pink beret. Well, she smelled very nicely, so she smelled <laughs> and high hot with high heels and expensive clothing. She had the aroma of meatballs. Mm-hmm. And the, <laughs> expensive clothing was not my term. That that's uh, uh, the uh, author's term here. Mm-hmm. But it does <laughs> say that um, she sure. she exited the Capitol at two forty three p.m. through uh, the Senate wing door not wearing the beret, and with a cloth hiding her face, West said in his court filing. And then six minutes later, she entered the upper West Terrace entrance, where she allegedly got cozy with a male protester before making a beeline to the office across See? the hall. Told you so. Told you so. See, it was really a... You never know when love will strike. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and they have uh, they have pictures of her here. This is Pink Beret getting cozy with a male protester at the U.S. Capitol. Now, what it's like you want to do some seven in heaven right here? You know, it's not a closet, but hey. Well, and who the fuck Go was this guy? Were, were they were they exchanging um, orders? Were they getting they the updates on things that were going on? I mean, we've 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 spotted people that probably have different types of rather radios or satellite phones and. We've spotted people that could have been signaling that day, especially people from vantage points, such as like up on a, a scaffolding. Um, yeah. There's all. I, think, I really well, think she was offering some kind of services. I'm just saying. Well, she does offer services. Seems like. I mean, I, I'd have to say. Yeah, I mean, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. No, I'd have to Anybody? say, like, if, if you caught me at a different time in my life, if somebody like that would have proposed to me at like a sort oh, of no mile shit. high club of sorts, no. you know, during during one of the craziest no. incidents in all of American history, I mean, who else can claim that, right? Who else has that bragging rights to their friends? Like, bro, 
You'll never hey, believe what to, happened uh, to me January 6th. Uh, Nancy Pelosi's <laughs> office here, huh? Hey, babe. Yeah. yeah. That's a real baked Alaska. All right. So, <laughs> but moving on with the, the J6 update, uh, let's talk about this for a little bit. We, we mentioned it last week. You know, but, it's uh, a shame. I really wish we would could get Gary's take on this right now, on this beret lady. I think we will soon. I think we will soon. Um, you know, Gary's uh, hard at work down in D.C. He's he's going to uh, the trials every day. He's going to vigils. He's hanging out with people like Mickey Wittenhoft, uh, Ashley Babbitt's mom. He's doing all sorts of things. He's contributing. Uh, we've now seen him contribute at least some information to the Gateway Pundit, who's getting some of his info out there and analysis from these videos. So uh, he's doing a lot of work, but hopefully he can catch up with us soon and talk about a little uh, pink beret there. So yeah, the defense attorney though doesn't want to get Ray Epps on the stand, huh? I'm just saying. Oh well, I, I even heard I mean, that that's even turning around. That even that they're oh, they're well, trying to please. get Ray in now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you know. Yeah, we'll see if that but, happens. But, oh, all of a sudden now we're gonna go looking for looking to put him on the stand. Two years while these people are being languishing in jail. Well, and even that. Like, say that they announce, oh, Ray Epps to take the stand or whatever. Like, is that really going to happen? You know? <laughs> and then even if, if it did, what the hell do you think he's going to say? For yeah. And would the defense attorneys know what to even ask him? Would they know enough? Like, oh, imagine that. There's, there's a thing in, in the court procedure that's called a deposition that's supposed to happen before trial to find out what he does or doesn't know so they can do actual discovery process. Go figure. Yeah. To find out all the places that are weak points in the story that he's supposed, the yarn that he's supposed to put together, probably on the on the stand, like, and, and, and no to fear. be able to and to be able to make discovery requests as to you know things or whatever his handler the, talking points gives him. Yep, yeah. right. Pointing to all the you know, notice though that they're, they're focused on uh, pink parade there mm -hmm. when. Uh, how about that they actually also focus on act the actual, you know, sticking out like sore thumb officials, you know, the actual Capitol Police? <laughs> yeah, it's funny that they never get talked about at all. And they're the ones seen opening doors and gates and all sorts of crap. Yeah, well, let's not file any motions regarding that. <laughs> Making selfies. Oh, and, and there's viral videos going around now of uh, one of the cap, uh, I think it wasn't Capitol Police. I think it was a Metro Police officer, at, uh, to be exact, who was saying that yeah. we were set up. Oh, I heard that one too. Yeah, I seen that. Yep. Mm -hmm. And that's been popularized oh, lately too. There's so many, there's so much footage out there showing, showing that Gary's had it for ages that he's mm -hmm. put it out there. Well, and, and, and going through that footage, you know, that's, that's something that Gary dedicated his life to you know, for the past several years now, you know, it, being able to go through this type of footage. That's why uh, talking about this article from Washington Post says McCarthy defends Carlson's access to J6 footage calls media jealous. So this is how, this is how you treat people to get them to latch onto a particular side is that you show favoritism, right? Like when it comes to today's tribalist way of thinking of politics, you know, of just like when you see, uh, if you're just taking it for granted, right, that McCarthy has given this to Carlson because he's in league with Carlson and, and Fox News, and you're you watch CNN or MSNBC, and this is an affront to the nation. Like, you're somewhat right there, but you know, also like with with doing this, with creating this, you know, supposed media jealousy, 
then the focus becomes on who gets to hold the football, right? It, it's a distraction away from the actual footage, the the stuff that's inside the footage. To create the narrative. Yeah, because then it just becomes more of a tribal narrative. Now that anything that comes out on, on the Fox News end, the other end of the spectrum immediately denies that. Or tries to add, you know, different context to it to change the meaning of it, or whatever Instead they need to do. Justice thing, it becomes a bipartisan issue now. Yeah, now it's just some he said, she said bullshit, as as you know, Fred Durst would say. Fred Durst, yeah, needs to rehearse, needs to reverse what he's saying. Yeah, that <laughs> says the House Speaker has been scrutinized by Democrats, of course, because that's what this is meant for, and members of the media over the exclusive arrangement with the Fox News host. Now, what won't be talked about though? is everything that's going to be missed that's going to be released by by Carlson, right? Like Carlson ha- now has the opportunity to control the entire media flow and drip of this story where those those little blurbs or whatever he's going to release, the little videos that he's going to release are going to be the talk of the town and there's going to be plenty of things that aren't. Stories like w- what we just read about Pink Beret and others that are just going to escape somehow. In between that, the signaling, the other things, all, all the in-depth stuff that we would probably do here at the New Prisoners. That's- Just remember, he was also the first one to put out a documentary about J6 questioning things. And I think that was not, on, you know, by, I don't think that was coincidental either. But that, you know, that's just me, Mr. Conspiracy. Well, and also we're talking about a media organization. I'll switch to this. Talk about a media organization. Who owns them? Well, the Wall Street Journal, the people that got to uh, break this story, you know, or, or, or break uh, a recent story, I should say, um, that we're going to get to in the next uh, of the you know the first of the big four this week, is that you know who owns uh, News Corp and all these uh, you know publications? Well, it's it's Rupert Murdoch, his News Corporation. Dow Jones and company from the Bancrofts in 2007 for $5 billion or $60 per share, it says here. Oh, wow. In Investopedia. Talks about the Wall Street Journal here. Well, you know, when it comes to Fox News, Wall Street Journal, um, that's what leads us into stuff like this. The first of our big four. Lab- hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. Can I just tell you, can I break in one real yeah, quick? Gotcha. I had a couple of uh, articles. I don't know if you just want to flash them up on the on the screen. We don't have to go through all of them, but oh, it, it it before we get too far away, it had to do with like the uh, the pink beret and everything. All right, let's do it. I'll pull these up here. Yeah, and they even had one that was J six attack pink beret, and it had footage. Ooh, okay, it had all of her footage and everything. Oh, I'd read about this too. Oh, uh, yeah, this is uh, from. What is this? Army Times? Army PSYOP officer resigned commission prior to leading group to D.C. protests. Um, and that was only a couple of days after January 6th. Yeah, this is uh, an image taken from video, it says, provided by WRAL-TV. Captain Emily Rainey speaks during an interview with the Raleigh television station in Southern Pines, North Carolina in May of 2020. The Army is investigating Rainey, a psychological operations officer. You mean they actually have PSYOPs officers? So those things... Oh, yeah, ex- they infiltrated uh, CNN and uh, NPR in 2000. It was a big uh, big deal, big scandal. So those things must exist then, right? 
Well, you would think, and that's what Pink Beret reminds you know, me of. If what, you have psychological you operations officer, that would in, that would that would indicate that there are psychological operations that do oh, occur. Without a doubt. Oh yeah. I mean, look, that's what Pink Beret reminds me of. Could she be a similar type officer? Just just saying. Well, and here's a similarity. It says this psychological operations officer who led a group of people from North Carolina to the rally in Washington that led to the deadly riot in the U.S. Capitol by supporters of. President That's a Trump. whole lot of handholding, huh? Yeah, a whole <laughs> lot of handholding. All right. So let's let's go on to this one. It says uh, this one's from Military Times. First Special Forces Command investigating PSYOP captain for involvement in D.C. rally. I believe they're talking about the same person or is it? Different it one. could be, uh, yeah, it could be, but you never know with these things. <laughs> yeah, Emily, yeah, Emily uh, Rainey, there we go. All right, it's always worth mind, Also, also six. I don't know if you remember, and Lisa, I don't know if you remember, but um, during the one of the trials there, I think it came out that uh, a woman that was involved with either the Oath Keepers or she was a member of uh, one of them uh, that was on trial, she had claimed that she, uh, Secret Service gave uh, her group secret service credentials to get to access to certain areas too so oh that made me think of something graves um that's not the one there we go this is what i wanted to pull up uh, when it talks about the wall street journal um as i go down here uh it talks about a phone hacking scandal it's, oh yeah it says not long after news corp purchased the wall street journal news broke that journalists at british newspapers owned by murdoch were tapping phone lines to get the inside scoop for their stories. And while Murdoch said he had no direct involvement, the scandal forced the closure of the News of the World, Britain's top-selling newspaper. Oh, led, I remember that. And yeah. led to criminal charges against many senior journalists. As a result, Murdoch dropped his bid to purchase the B Sky B satellite network. And it says most members of the Bancroft family said they would have not have sold the company to Murdoch had they known of the conduct of his employees in the phone hacking scandal. Right. Even before news broke of the scandal, many, many members of the family showed concern over Murdoch's journalistic practices and attempted to put an independent panel in place to safeguard the paper's ethics. Graves, who else taps phones? Would it be well, psychological operations officers? <laughs> that's, that could be a, a possibility, Six. You know, because it sounds like spy shit to me. Well, I'll tell you this. uh, During 9-11, during that the whole fall of 2001, Fox News of all places had a whole um, with Carl. um, I'll pull it up. Uh, Rove? No, no. Carl, uh, one of their one of Fox News's uh, top guys at the time did a whole uh, series on how Amdocs, which was located in Israel, well, it had a whole spying thing on Americans' phone records, and they could tell who was calling who, especially uh, in t- you know in top positions of government and the you know police, military, and everything. It was a huge scandal that Fox News had to uh, get rid of off of their website, and the only remnants of it now are uh, you know if you could find it on YouTube, it was a whole thing. It was uh, they got rid of that pretty fast. Yeah, yeah I just led to, to like Mossad type stuff. Oh, this is a, a thing I came across too. It was actually footage of her. Yeah, this is um, 
So here, let me bookmark this. All these uh, articles that we're pulling up, folks, and that we're showing here on the screen will go on our uh, source list on Substack. We release that every week after each show uh, where you can access all the articles, videos, and other things that we attach uh, to the show. Um, and again, the, all the large files, all the big uh, PDFs and other things are going to go on the uh, TMP document vault on subscribe star, but make sure to go on to Substack and subscribe to number six there. I saw I've gotten plenty of new uh, subscriptions this past week and got a really nice recommendation too from uh, our friend uh, Lisa RN, uh, who was on the show on Sunday with our good friends, Dale and Keisha and Andrew. Uh, so did you, did you, thank you. For did that. you notice also, um, they have uh, these, they usually wear clothing that needs to stand out for people to uh, keep an eye on. And it just reminded me of like the umbrella man that was in Dealey Plaza was literally directly in front of the limousine when uh, JFK's fatal headshot happened. And he was pumping up the, uh, the umbrella and it was a, a sunny day. I mean, it had rained earlier in the morning, but there was no, no reason to have a, an umbrella later on. And uh, it seemed like he was, he, he stuck out like a sore thumb there too. You know? Yeah. I wonder if pink beret knows uh, Stormy Daniels. Oh, it's because they could both run in high heels, Lisa. Is that a is that a ho joke? Um, <laughs> Just, yeah, I mean, well, I, I'm just too. wondering if they have pay per view for the other <laughs> video footage. <laughs> Getting cozy. These will play. In the corner. These play now. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, these will all be attached to this week's source list if you all want to go and take a look. And then there's even uh, some. Twitter videos too from Ford Fisher, bunch of YouTube videos attached. Man, they, they really put a lot together on Pink Beret. So, I know she's kind of young looking too, don't you think? They almost make her look like a schoolgirl. Well, I mean, so that's very deceptive. Yes. Well, and also, logical. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, definitely a tactic. I mean, she looks young. She's baby faced, you know, so, you know, trustworthy. Says appearance yeah. notes, petite woman, white coat. Uh, which, which is made by Guess. Um, orange skirt, black tights, color, uh, color block heels, pink beret, short length dark hair. Yeah, and the like bright pink girl. eye makeup too. Yeah, well, I mean, again, you don't, you don't really think. When, when I think of like somebody that's going to be part of like the military, somebody that's going to be part of like the FBI or whatever like type of informant. You know, and and look at the the demographic of the people. We know plenty of women who were there, right? But you you automatically, at least for me, maybe it's sexist, right? To assume that the people that instigated this shit were male. Yeah, you pig. Yeah, but if you think about how when you mentioned how young, I yeah. I personally believe that people like this are recruited from a very young age too. Like they're they're recruited out of schools, maybe recruited out of, well, and 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 foster. Like when we talked about family court too, kids that have been ripped from their family. When you don't have any family and you don't have anything else to attach to, if you're an orphan, um, I, I think of like Black Widow. You know, I mean, I know it's I know it's a you know well, a you know comic book story, but truth truth is stranger than fiction. Well, that came from somewhere. Well, yeah. I mean, how else would you recruit people like this? So these people, like, did she go walk into like an army recruitment office and said, "Hey, I want to be a an infiltrator 
I want to be a psyops officer. I want to get a whole bunch of innocent people like put behind bars for years and years for, you know, some cause that I don't care about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, these people are hey, tra- look at this six trained and recruited. Six, uh, yeah. Real quick. There's a thing right here. It just, it's a Sirhan Sirhan thing. Ooh. And it just reminded me of when you, you were reading about pink beret, you know, leading the guy's hand and everything. Oh, that was the Amdocs thing. The Israeli spy ring. That, okay. uh, Fox had to get rid of Carl Cameron. Yeah, that was the thing. It was a huge thing. Fox had to purge this from their website, but uh, they had a lot to do with, uh, you know, the behind the scenes stuff of 9-11. Oh, shocking. You know, you know what it also reminds it's, it's also very Russian-esque looking. Yeah, yeah. Well, Ooh, look at that. See the umbrella man? He, that's just a thing uh, to show people that this guy stood out like a sore thumb and it's almost like a signal, a signal guy. I mean, and uh, yeah, the RFK thing with the girl in the polka dot dress. Ooh, that seems uh, that's Umbrella Man. Let's get on to. No, this isn't polka dot dress. That's more Umbrella Man. And then I did this young woman fire the fatal shot that killed Bobby Kennedy. Yeah, wow. So this is did from Express. Woman, did this, did young this woman. woman. It could have even been her. Yeah. Well, yeah, she ran, she ran from there, and people heard her say, "Oh, we killed, we shot Kennedy, we shot Kennedy." Yeah, I've heard, I've heard uh, before that where Sirhan Sirhan was standing and the angles in which you know Bobby Kennedy was struck, that there's there's no freaking way that it was him. There were three people with guns: Sirhan Caesar, that was right behind, that most people think was the one that fired the fatal bullet, and then there's people like me who think that the third person actually got the real killing shot, in, and it could have been this woman in the polka dot dress. But the uh, the article that I was referring to is right there. It says um, it's uh, uh, express.co.uk. It's uh, what Sirhan had said about it's like right in the headline. Um, oh, okay. Right to the, yeah, and then I'll shut up. <laughs> yeah, it says convicted RFK assassin Sirhan Sirhan says girl in polka dot dress manipulated him. Wow. Rescue Dog says this that- reminds her of uh, Point of No Return. Which came out in around 1980 or something, Chris. You might yeah, be good, good flick. All right. You think that was the basis for the movie Pretty Woman? Because you know the polka dot dress being controlled by. No, that was just about hookers and Julia Roberts. Yeah, but look, he got <laughs> taken in by a woman with a polka dot dress. She was a mystic pizza. Leave her alone. <laughs> yeah, it says uh, here from the Associated Press: Sir and Sir and convicted of assassinating Senator Robert F. Kennedy in 1968 gestures during a Board of Parole sustainability hearing last month at the Pleasant Valley State Prison in uh, Coalinga, California. A panel of two California Parole Board commissioners denied parole to, to Sirhan. Um, yeah, he just got denied again too. I think uh, a couple of days ago. So yeah, he he looks like a threat. He looks like right. A threat to, to society, right? Looks like a guy. I mean, what, what, can you yeah. imagine though? Like, if he did get paroled, Graves, right? And you were out in California when you were, and then you walk yeah. into a Walmart and Sirhan Sirhan is your greeter. Hey, I'd have a lot to ask him. <laughs> what kind of fucking double take would you do? Well, dude, my Motel Six. I told you that Motel Six. Uh, my Motel Six was across the street from the racetrack that he he worked at, <laughs> and that wasn't that was uh, you know a coincidence, but it just so happened. That the uh, I think it was in Monrovia, I believe. Um, yeah, it was uh, right there, the racetrack. He worked there, and uh, right before everything went down. Yeah, it's I think we sent you pictures. I think 
Yeah, uh, you did. It, it says, but in this article, it says, um, convicted assassin Sarah Sarahan was manipulated by a seductive girl in a mind control plot to shoot Senator Robert F. Kennedy. And his bullets did not kill the presidential candidate, lawyers for Sirhan said in, a new, in new legal papers. The documents filed this week in federal court and obtained by the Associated Press deliver extensive interviews with Sirhan during the past three years, some done while he was under hypnosis. Well, that's, that's M- M- MK Ultra much. <laughs> well, even Dr. Jolyon West that Tucker Carlson brought up the other day uh, went and visited him. That's why I brought that up, Grace. I knew you'd, you'd nail that point, man. You did. Booyah. Now, it says the papers point to a mysterious girl in a polka dot dress as the controller who led Sirhan to fire a gun in the pantry of the Ambassador Hotel. But the documents suggest a second person shot and killed Kennedy while using Sirhan as a, as a diversion. And for the first time, Sirhan said under hypnosis that on a cue from the girl... He went into range mode, leaving he was at a firing range and seeing circles with targets in front of his eyes. Yeah. Again, MK Ultra much? Yeah. <laughs> like, holy well, some shit. Some people think that uh, uh, Mark David Chapman was under similar uh, circumstances and uh, Hinckley even, too. You know what this reminds me of, Graves? The great movie Naked Gun. Oh, yeah. And how? Why? Well, because they have to <laughs> kill Frank it. Trebin. Right, oh, the yeah, way that yeah, the people right. are programmed, even even the love of his life, you know, or what became the love of his life, you know, R.I.P. Lisa Marie Presley, yeah. Um, no, not Lisa Marie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Lisa Marie was was in the movie, and she was um, brainwashed no, Priscilla, as well. Priscilla Presley. Priscilla, yeah, oh, there we go. Wife. <laughs> ah, there we go. Yeah, Lisa Marie would have been a little young for him. Well, she was uh, she was uh, dancing with Michael Jackson around that time. Oh, yeah, that shit was weird too. So much weirdness. But yeah, it's under hypnosis, it says it's and also um, in quotes says, I thought I was at the range more than I was actually shooting at any person, let alone Bobby Kennedy. Sir, he was, was always in front of Bobby, never behind. And that's what the coroner, Noguchi, who I've been trying to get on my show and on Don's show for a while. He's like 98, I think. He's still kicking. Uh, he would not change the verdict. And they ended up uh, intimidating him and firing him later on. And he got reinstated, but. He wouldn't change the medical verdict. Well, and no coincidences as well. It says a Harvard University professor, professor, an expert in trauma memory and hypnosis named Daniel Brown uh, was the one that interviewed him too. Da Vinci Code? Yeah, because no, no, we no, talked no. about trauma. Man. Yeah. The same guy. How that could be used to manipulate. I mean, if, if something can, like trauma can be used to manipulate and control people at that level, right? What what does it what does that trauma actually do to your brain and memory too? Well, six. The idea with MK Ultra, at least one of the main uh, ways that they would go about doing it back in the day, was they would put under they would put the person under intense physical pain and torment and trauma, including stuff like molestation and rape and all the and look, horrible, horrible stuff. And they would, what would happen was they would give them drugs to make it so that their brain would not shut down. You know how your brain like protects you at a certain point. It just, you just pass out. Right. Yeah. Well, they would shoot you with adrenaline so that your brain wouldn't shut down to the point where your psyche would break into two. And that's how they would usually create the, the other personality. Well, real sick shit. Well, I mean, look at, 
look at Batman. Look at what the trauma that occurred to Bruce Wayne did to Batman. It split his personality into drastically right. different things. And you know what? Some people say that the Batman is the real guy and Bruce Wayne is the cover. Yeah. What is your true self? Is it, is it the person that you, uh, you know, is it the person after the trauma or was it the person before? Well, I'm Andy Kaufman, so that's <laughs> all I got to say about that. Yeah. And you have no, you have no affiliation with Tony Clifton whatsoever. <laughs> hey, you shot some college jeans. Oh, that's your ass. No, nah, that was a bad one. I used to, before smoking, I used to be able to do that voice. <laughs> but I mean, talk about smoking if you got them here because um, history fucking rhymes, doesn't it? Uh, we just talked yeah. about how authorities, how prosecutors just claim that they don't know shit. Again, in this article, completely related, but you know, unrelated story. It says Sandy Gibbons, a spokesperson for the Los Angeles County District Attorney, said prosecutors were unaware of the legal filings and could not comment. Just prosecutors just always unaware of shit. They they know enough, they know enough to, to throw you in jail for forever, but maybe not the whole story or having any clue or having having any uh, curiosity whatsoever as to how doesn't something actually the purpose. Happened. It doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. You know that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Especially when exculpatory evidence may arise, you know, for the people that you're trying to damn to a life in prison, right? It's just yeah, like the officer pulls you over. You know, you were going 75. No, I wasn't. That's the defense. Man, it says the story of the the girl has been a lingering theme in accounts of the events just after midnight on June 5th of 1968, when Kennedy was gunned down in the hotel pantry after claiming victory in the California Democratic presidential primary. It does go on to say that witnesses talked of seeing such a female running from the hotel shouting, we shot Kennedy, but she was never identified. That's right. So if you run and screaming from the place saying I, we did it, um, nobody cared. And amid the chaos of the scene, descriptions were conflicting. Yes. I wonder why. I wonder why they were conflicting. Something that seemed it would, would be like if they have like an enclosed space with a presidential candidate. You think that they'd have all the guys, right? <laughs> it's pretty pretty easy to spot, like a because well, the way I always thought of the the Bobby Kennedy assassination was like they're in an enclosed space surrounded by people, and a guy pulled out a gun and went boom. Yeah, and then that should be uh you know, he's closed, folks. <laughs> you would think so, but <laughs> someone allowed uh, that polka dot address woman to get away, and also she was seen with a, another male figure running away too. It wasn't just her. And through the years, Sirhan has claimed no memory of the shooting. Yep. So it just reminds me with a pink beret and everything. And that's why I brought up the, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm stretching it out. But when I pull up psychological operations, officers being investigated and this, this pink beret girl looks like she's given signals. And consistently female too. That's not, that's not. Yeah. Cause usually you're looking for male figures in a lot Mm -hmm. of these, you know, events, you know. Um, but yeah, they'll utilize anybody if they can. When it says under hypnosis, he remembered meeting the girl that night and becoming smitten with her. He said she led him to the pantry. Did she take his hand and lead him straight she into there? Like hand, in the capital? Yeah, and lead him in to the pantry. Wow. Wow. Yeah, and I'm just surprised she didn't have an umbrella that she was pumping up and down too. And well, and kind of like. This reminds me of Poison Ivy a little bit too, right? 
Because, I mean, they, they allude to a lot of what, what can happen with femme fatales, you know, with black widows, with people Paramount. like that. Yeah, yeah. says, I'm trying to figure out how to hit on her, in quotes. That's all that I can think about. Oh, yeah. Hmm. And he says in one interview cited in the documents, now, again, no memory of the what actually happened with the shooting, but he remembers this, and it says, I was fascinated with her looks. She never said much. Probably didn't have to, because you were under some sort of spell, maybe. I don't know. And it says, it was very erotic. I, I, erotic. I was consumed by her. She was a seductress with an unspoken availability. <laughs> she had an aroma of meatballs. Yeah, that'll do it. Uh, but uh, let, let's... Unspoken what? Unspoken unavailability. <laughs> Just like, uh, so like I dis- always want something you can't have, right? <laughs> oh, truth. Yeah. I mean, it's eight. It's a tale as old as time, <laughs> you know, ca- causes well, much of an uproar or, in relationships or, yeah. or promises for after you do the deed, you get, the, you get the honey. Oh, absolutely. I mean, honey pots. No honey was had. <laughs> yeah. It said that, uh, oh, man, this, is, this article is awesome. I want to keep rolling with this for a second, guys, if you don't mind. It said that um, Sirhan uh, talked about, main, it, it, it apparently maintained in the hypnotic interviews that the mystery girl touched him or pinched him on the shoulder just before he fired, then spun him around to see people coming through the pantry door. Maybe he was supposed to have been shot immediately. Maybe she thought, or maybe the plan was uh, to yeah, like yeah. have him pull the trigger and then you turn him around and he's the guy standing there with the gun. So obviously you, you shoot him immediately. If, if you're you the patsy right then and there and the target, and that's it. And it didn't go as planned. Cause I mean, that that's the thing we talk about here on the show a lot too, that life is so chaotic. It's hard to plan for everything. And even though that there's lots of, you know, collusion and conspiracy, you know, lots of people meeting in dark rooms and deciding how this stuff is supposed to go, uh, that it doesn't always go as planned. And it leaves out little nuggets like this for us to pick up on so many decades later, I guess. But uh, and sometimes I feel like sometimes on purpose, too, for people like us to find and scream from the mountaintops about where no one else will listen. Like, oh, that's just conspiracy. Don Don Jeffries likes to call them calling cards, like the passport nine eleven. You know, didn't burn up. Yeah. Magic bullet is on the stretcher, and it, it looks like it's, it hasn't been shot. Things like that, where it's like, oh, they had to have done that on purpose for you know, to let us know. You know, that type of thing. Well, it said Sirhan remembers accordingly, according to this, uh, seeing the flash of a second gun at the time of the assassination. Without hypnosis, he said. That would be the security guard, Caesar, that was right behind Bobby. And without the hypnosis, he said he couldn't. Yeah. I mean, I don't. And Bobby, actually, now, Bobby Kennedy Jr. thinks that uh, it was Caesar that killed his father. I think it was the polka dot girl, uh, a third gun person. I mean, am I such a skeptical, cynical fuck that I just don't, I don't. I, hypno- yes. hypnosis is just like something i don't know if that i don't know if i believe in that as much well hypnosis is just another uh comfy word for brainwashing mind control and yeah. pale tree. you know it's all the same crap yeah i Look just cult leader cult leaders 
And with MK Ultra too, like that cynical part of me was just like, I'm sure that they tried, right? And then I'm sure you've seen this in in your research graves, is that I'm sure that they've tried to do brainwashing and stuff, that they've tried to manipulate people and have them have false memories and other things. They've tried to wipe their memory and other things. But I never knew if they eventually succeed. Like it's never been definitive to me that they actually succeeded. Oh, they have. You look at look at look at. I'll give you two examples, and they're from different spectrums around the same time period, right? Mm-hmm. One is for people that were in kind of like poverty or not well to do, and that's the Manson family, right? Oh wow, yeah. That was actually a case that was tried and convicted, right? Yeah. The whole premise was brainwashing, right? Mm. Mind control. And you look at Patty Hearst, someone that was actually- Was that a limited hangout? (laughs) Well, who knows? But then you look at the flip side of that. You go, okay, we covered the hippie, the dirty hippie thing with the Manson family, right? We'll close out that chapter, right? The whole hippie movement that served our purpose for the- Oh, this whole idea of Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, when you mentioned Patty Hearst. Yeah, that's another thing. Well, it was was a two-pronged operation, in my opinion. If that's the right uh, wording or whatever. That would be, Uh, yeah. You got the other side of it where you take a well-to-do, upscale person that came from wealth, like a Patty Harris. Yeah. An heiress, right? Mm -hmm. You get her brainwashed, and she joins a movement, and you basically show that nothing is safe. You You can be brainwashed either as a poor person or an heiress you know so they covered a whole bunch of bases with that what would that it's just the thought pops into my mind what would the general public do if it was largely acknowledged that you can be brainwashed like how how would that how would that change people's interpretations of media and things on their televisions and phones and nothing just it's out there for everyone it is yeah, yeah i feel like people know Deep down, there's that cog, cog, I can't cognitive remember. dissonance. Yeah, that's there part of the hypernormalization is that you know that it's fake, but you keep up with the bullshit anyways. But your brain wants to protect you and say, you know what? I can't deal with this. Let's move on. I don't want to talk about it. People get upset if you even suggest otherwise. Oh, that the it's reality might the same be thing in an abusive relationship, isn't it? There I mean, speaking go. of Patty Hearst and Stockholm Syndrome, that's that's how they explain the psychology of how that works, that you're abused and you don't want to acknowledge that you're being abused. We don't want to talk about the dirty uncle that might be touching the kids. No. So we won't talk about it. Yeah. Abuse continues. Well, unless it's on Oprah. Then, then they'll, you know, they'll read when a book a, about it. A brand new car that she didn't pay yeah. for at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Unless it's on anyway, Oprah or something. I didn't mean to hijack the whole segment, but I think no, man. No, it all kind of ties in. Like even it, it does. And and seeing just the similarities in the way that the prosecutors act, the, the seeing the similarities and the explanations of mind control and other things, to see that uh, it was yet another situation of a female possibly or potentially Holding leading a male into into the jaws of hell. Um, yeah. you know, not that that hasn't happened in plenty of relationships, but, uh, her hand's been in prison ever since. So, yeah. And, uh, Lisa, you, uh, dropped this in the chat. This is, um, uh, sticks. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing ever goes as planned. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Um, uh, and then Very true. IMD, IMDB. Oh yes. Total recall. 
Uh, when you talk about like how memories, memories and things can be planted, so much of it uh, alluded to in that movie, right? Eternal Sunshine for the Spotless Mind as well. Oh, yes. Deception. <laughs> Deception is the whole idea of it planting a, an idea that you didn't have into your uh, subconscious. Yeah. Well, let's anyway. let's talk about uh, planted memories of things and just like trying to ne negotiate with the public how they're supposed to interpret stuff. Let's talk about the first of the big four here. Uh, yeah. This this from the Wall Street Journal, lab leak most likely origin of COVID nineteen pandemic. <laughs> Energy department now says. Well, first off, I'm just saying that the, the whole the first year. <laughs> what? Why the energy department? Is the guy that's supposed to tell me to like turn off the lights whenever I leave a room? You know, like is it? Did he figure it out? <laughs> was he just turning off the lights in his house? He's like, you know what? Because well, he was, was supposed to turn off the power to one of these labs, and he forgot. Oh man! It says the U.S. agency's revised assessment is based on new intelligence. From where? What what intelligence? Now it says a new bivalent vaccine might be the first step in developing annual COVID shots too, which is what this was supposed to lead towards, I believe, uh, <laughs> which could follow a similar process to the one used to update flu vaccines each every year. Were we talking about that from the mo from the inception of them talking about doing shots? That how shots like this would not work because they would be like the flu where there'd be a new variant every couple of fucking months. And you'd be back Asians. to that point where you're just constantly in. That's why when they handed out the vaccine cards originally, that there were four slots on them. What are we up to now? Six, seven shots that people can get. Plus, they're, yeah. they're, they're normalizing the yearly one. They're recommending it for everyone's vaccine schedules, including children who don't fucking need it. Um, pregnant ladies. Pregnant ladies, too. Yeah, yeah. Because God knows what the fucking happened there. But why not, folks? You know, because that, that COVID, it'd be deadly. But it says from breeding, we're going to get them in the womb now. Oh, absolutely. Get them before they're even born. Absolutely. It says, uh, here's what that process looks like and why applying it to COVID would be challenging. That's from the illustration. Yeah. But it says now here uh, from Washington it says the U.S. Energy Department has concluded that the COVID pandemic most likely arose from a laboratory leak, according to a classified intelligence report. So according to evidence that we'll never be able to fucking see, maybe even in our lifetime, folks. They don't even give it an amount of years like with Kennedy. Like, oh, yeah, in 70 years, we'll be able to read the documents. I don't even see that here. And why was why was this leaked out? to the? This is kind of what I was getting at before. And like I, I kind of skipped over my own point was that why is this being leaked out to the Wall Street Journal? Just like the, yeah, the J6 information being leaked after? out to news. Why is News Corp responsible for these two unbelievably gigantic Explosive. stories? Yeah. yeah. And, and they're getting leaks. They're getting leaks from intelligence, basically. Because that's what this is. If, the, if, it's, if it's a classified intelligence report recently provided the White House and key members of Congress, if it's in, yeah. just in that little circle of trust, how is the fucking Wall Street Journal? How, how is this guy... What is it? Uh, it's like with Tucker Carlson getting the access. Michael R. Gordon and Warren P. Strobel. How are they on the list? How were they invited? Why is that? Who no. ended up buying the Wall Street Journal after Murdoch had to pull out? Well, I think it is still Murdoch that, that oh, owns okay. it. Because right. I thought the uh, I thought the um, the Bancroft family says, "Oh yeah, we." Uh, we, they pulled back their thing. Anyway, I'm going backwards. Sorry. No, that's okay. But it says the shift by the energy, energy department, which previously was undecided on how the virus emerged, 
why did it why does it even matter is noted in an update to a 2021 document by director of national intelligence because we definitely uh definitely trust those folks avril haynes's office now avril the, haynes haynes wasn't that the last name of the uh, psyops uh, officer oh, that was Gaines. yeah yeah but, sorry but it says the new report highlights how different parts of the intelligence community have arrived at desperate judgments about the pandemic's origin well Probably because they don't know what the fuck is going on <laughs> or they do. And certain or people are kept in yeah. the dark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 What would that indicate that if you have intelligence that's supposed to focus on like real information and, and, and information gathering, you'd figure that they'd have some fucking clue by now. What? Three years later, more than three years, really. I mean, if you go back into the, the timeline, even the original timeline that they gave us for this, this shit supposedly emerging from this lab at Wuhan, which I don't think it did the way that it is explained at all. I think we talked I remember, about that on I remember Sunday. differently, Six. Mm-hmm. I remember it being a, uh, a, a wet market in Wuhan. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, originally, yes. But when it came to even the lab leak itself, you know, if we, if we trace back when this supposedly happened and when sick cases apparently started in China, like those are those are documents like we're not getting that straight dope from the Chinese government. You know, we're not getting that straight from what, what Chinese media news organization could you trust to tell you the straight information? We're getting it through an informational drip through our own intelligence agencies who apparently have disparate judgments about what the fuck happened there still. So, they love us. Yeah. And how accurate could that information be? Like, and, and especially when they're in charge of this, what could they obfuscate? What could they cover up? What's, what's uh, sources and methods do they have to... Uh, uh, d- not disclosed to us, you know, potential ones, <laughs> yes. anonymous ones. Mm-hmm. Now it says the energy department now joins the federal Bureau of investigation. Yeah. You know, Cause the FBI has a great fucking track record the past few years too. And oh, yeah. in saying that the virus likely spread via a mishap at a Chinese laboratory. Now it doesn't go on to say how that mishap may have happened or why it's a mishap at all with any information like air defense failures on 9-11 they just say oh it was incompetence okay no criminal element here moving on yeah the flight 93 is just a whoopsie right <laughs> that's why there was no evidence on the ground of an actual whoopsie. crash or anything you know yeah probably blown up into the sky in the sky right you know yeah but it says four other agencies along with a national intelligence panel still judge that it was likely a result of a natural transmission and two are undecided Two are just picking their nose. A natural no transmission of something that was engineered. Okay. This reminds me in like of like shitty boxing and MMA matches where like you have just like the one judge that didn't even watch the fight practically, right? Like it's just yeah. like a, a forty nine to forty eight, you know, forty eight to you know forty seven, and then some guy like ruled it just like a, a draw, just like what yeah, the six six feet apart. Yeah, pulled it out of the rest. Yeah, I don't, and that's what it's going to be decided by. You know, of what actually happened there too, like everybody co- coalescing on a singular point. And what what can they actually show us when they do arrive at that conclusion? Say that all these people that they're talking about here did get together, you know, exchange words and evidence and, and, and conclude something. They're not going to divulge any of that information to us. It's not going to be directly made available. They're just going to come out and say, we concluded this. Well, hooray. You know, most people will take that for granted too. They'll, they'll take that information and run with it. They'll be like, well, they said. What did they ever show you? What did they ever demonstrate? Nothing. Six. This is a modern day version of what happened with the AIDS with the AIDS deal. 
Oh. We all we, we don't have we don't know who patient zero really was. They tried to say it was a gay uh, flight attendant or something that mated or tried to have sex with like a, an ape or something. Remember, it became an urban legend. Same thing with this. Like we'll never know exactly what happened. Yeah, I, I just they've never been able to produce, to my knowledge, right? And I've watched a lot on this, a lot, folks. They've never been able to produce a single animal. That's had this shit. Exactly. Like yet you, they yet they claimed it was in rats after the bats. Remember? It was oh like, yeah, the pangolins. Yeah. They they'd froze like yeah. frozen pangolin meat that they okay. were that they were inspecting. They shut down that entire wet market. They destroyed that entire all, all those people that worked there, all their businesses. You know, wiped out everything. Uh, you know, and and then they they ran through everything. They ransacked everything. You couldn't find a damn thing. And now that's what John Stewart, you know, is famous for going on uh, what Colbert and saying that, oh, well, you know, it's pretty obvious. It's it's probably the bio lab right next to the wet market and everything. But I think that even in that, too, that that's like sort of a limited hangout, right? Because like when you talk about the bio lab and you talk about it leaking from there, um, yeah, that, what's their track record there? Uh, were there other leaks? What were they dealing with? We have no records. The records were all erased electronically, apparently. Uh, that's That's what I've read. That yeah. you know that we we don't have any type of record from that place of what could have been there, so we're just spitballing and saying, well, it's most likely the biolab. Well, well, what type of biolab was it? Would it just have? Would they just have the codes um, <laughs> of of this of this virus? And, well, this and who- reminds me of after nine eleven, we had the official story, mm-hmm. then you had the official conspiracy, yeah, and then you had the truth way somewhere underneath that. And what I mentioned about the the codes, and in case anybody missed uh, Sunday night's interview with uh, Dale and Keisha Richardson and and the other people from the Keras Project, is I brought up that I don't believe that the the virus actually escaped. I believe that the virus may have been there, but it was in the form of maybe an email that they had. They had the information in 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 documents and other things that they were messing with, but they weren't really messing with a, a live virus of sorts that would have escaped. And I think that all of this leads to being able to point fingers at China for work that we, along with other members of the international community, in France uh, comes to mind too. Uh, that'll probably, Bang. yeah, that'll probably Bang. ruin uh, Chuck O'Celli's relationship with the French again. But right. um, it says the energy department's conclusion is the result of new intelligence from where, and is significant. Why? Because the agency has considerable scientific expertise, oh yes, and oversees a network of U.S. national laboratories, some of which conduct advanced biological research. Oh, really? You mean like, you know, how China right now is saying that uh, the Wuhan lab leak wasn't ca- did not cause the COVID pandemic? Um, it's saying here from Reuters, uh, Lisa, you sent this, I believe, and this is a. a is this a video here? Oh, I've reached my article limit on Reuters. Oh, here's what we do. Here's what we do. We hit the archive.today <laughs> extension. And here's how you jump around that. Boom. All right. Now, this is Christopher Ray saying the FBI director Christopher Ray said on Tuesday the agency has assessed that the leak from a laboratory in Wuhan, China likely caused the COVID 19 pandemic. Yeah, they also had to investigate Bubba Wallace's uh, noose that wasn't a noose. Didn't they also investigate Jesse Smollett 
the attack that wasn't. Yes. Um, but and they they may have investigated nine eleven, didn't they? What about all their agent <laughs> or their assets with the the Gretchen Whitmer uh, fiasco? <laughs> yeah, the Gretchen Whitmer. Yeah, they were they were great at that too. Uh, Rescue Dog reminds us, thank you, Rescue Dog, that uh, Karis Project, who I just previously mentioned, does have a Twitter space tonight at 8. Tune in for that, folks. Um, but it says in quotes, the FBI has for quite some time now assessed that the origins of the pandemic are most likely a potential lab incident in Wuhan. Uh, you mean funded? <laughs> yeah. And his we have labs in Ukraine, too? Yeah. And look who Ray told. Who did he tell? Fox News. There they are again, folks. There they are again. Head of the FBI telling Fox News that uh, all those crazy conspiracy theorists were right about their lab incident. So everybody celebrates, right? And then goes back to sleep. Yep. You know? Until the next <laughs> yeah. debacle. Tip your waitress, folks. You know, come back again soon. But it says his comments follow a Wall Street Journal report on Sunday that also, you know, owns Fox. So why is Fox getting the exclusive on this? Why, why, why is News Corp getting the exclusive on this story? And, and you know what it does to the other side? The other side is just still like, no, it's probably zoonotic still because that's what yeah. they done said early, right? And I'll just believe whatever was said to me early on in the pandemic and I won't believe anything else. I'll just shut my brain off. They told me the truth at this one point and then nothing else matters. You know, but his comments follow a Wall Street Journal report on Sunday that the U.S. Energy Department has assessed with low confidence now how bad can the confidence be when other shit that they've said in high confidence like the hunter biden laptop was russian disinformation um that you know gretchen whitmer's uh you know plotters were def definitely you know the, the the domestic terrorists that you want to take down meanwhile they was you know, mostly them oh yeah yeah they probably talked about weapons. Iraq. i mean and, and let's let's shit on fox news real quick let me go back to the panel real quick so we can just properly shit on the fox news yeah. Who is responsible for pushing the goddamn Patriot Act? Fox News. Who is yeah. responsible for pushing the war on terror? Fox News. Fox News. Who has people just recently, like Lindsey Graham, coming out to tell us that they were going to finally nail all the people responsible for Russia collusion? That these people Fox were going to go to jail? Yeah, Fox News, yeah. Yeah, the whole time. I have friends that trust Fox News now because of people like Tucker and everything. And the whole time I got to sit back and go, these guys were just as bad like 20 years ago with the war on terror. Well, look who the look who forced thing. all their employees in New York to get the shot. Fox News. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's just over and over and over again. Fox News was the mouthpiece, the official mouthpiece for the Bush administration. And just like if you if you think that the Red Channel, right, CNN, if you think that the Red Channel is wrong and you run to Fox News and you just take everything for granted that they present to you, you're still wrong. Right, like you're still going to find yourself in an area where now you're in this. This that's why they call it controlled opposition, folks. As you know who uh, Rachel Maddow's uh, mentor was? Tucker, Rupert Murdoch. Oh, Rupert. Yeah, no, that's right. That's right. No, that Tuck. No, because Tucker. I got confused because Tucker used to Tucker be on has, MSNBC. Uh, CIA in his family. Well, yeah, he also used to be on MSNBC, I believe. That's right. Yeah, Anderson Cooper. He's a CIA asset. All about dumbing down of America, folks. Mm -hmm. yeah. And Anderson Cooper would also be <laughs> a more likely carrier of the uh, the monkey virus, right? <laughs> because of his proclivities. Well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're not supposed to talk about that. No. Right. 
But I mean, but even that though, like think about that, like the harm that that caused to a certain demographic. Like if you wanted to target a a particular demographic that was going to draw lines between families when it comes to like, you know, being gay, that just certain people, you know, certain people that don't believe that that's a, a very wholesome or godly type of thing, they'd run to the Fox News so the Fox News could tell them what the truth of the HIV virus was. And people that believe elsewhere, you know, the, the opposite that believe that, yo, know, these gay people are members of my family. They're good people. You know, there's nothing wrong with them. And then they, they run over to what CNN says about HIV. And both are wrong. And both are yeah. incredibly wrong. They haven't cured realities. Yeah, yeah. Different realities, but still nothing in, in the real reality. Still nothing in the true objective reality. You have two in false the end, paradigms. They usually to live connect in. somehow. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The parties. Yeah. The parties. And that's why people are talking about it being pro like pro wrestling nowadays. Yeah. You know, where you have you have the two sides and the two sides actually get along. And we'll talk about that more as this rolls on in the big four. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Now um let's move on to the next article. It says FBI Chief Christopher Ray says China Lab Leak most likely. It was also submitted by Lisa, but and then of course we have to rip into everyone's uh favorite Lord Fauci here. Um, critics are ripping him now after the latest Wuhan lab leak findings. Well, what did they actually find? What were the findings? Because it says lawmakers and other prominent figures tore into Dr. Anthony Fauci after the energy department, like we talked about, concluded. They concluded now? The COVID-19 likely leaked? Oh, the likely leaked. Say that they concluded nothing then. <laughs> if they said that nope. this is likely, there's no conclusion. They're just This is just a hypothesis that's being pressed as truth. And that's how you get people that believe it is true because they read statements like this and they go on to yeah. tell other people. And that's how the mockingbird really works. That you just Look at ex- the bottom there. Mm-hmm. Fauci heads slightly by saying that he was keeping an open mind about the lab leak possibility. Oh, yeah. yeah open totally mind. open mind. Yeah. It says Fauci 82 had come under fire from congressional Republicans for, and this is another one too, the people thinking that the these congressional Republicans are. They're really going to take Fauci to task, man. They're going to get him for people us. people love Rand Paul and everything, mm-hmm. but when I found out that Rand Paul had some kind of background with the, the patents to some of these vaccines, I was like, come on, man. Oh, well, and you mean his wife? Yeah, it was through his wife's uh, investments, yeah. You know, they, they try to say, oh, look, Rand, Rand Paul is uh, holding the Fauci's feet to the fire, and then I find out about the background there with the patents and that hypocrisy is what makes people dig in on their own false paradigm sides you know like if you if you're thinking that someone like uh you know an anderson cooper or even somebody uh you know like uh the young turks right are presenting to you let me started on them oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) even their name dude (laughs) oh even their name is yeah they're so gross but like even but people that would listen to that stuff that would point out the hypocrisy of Rand paul because they did you know, they, they point out the hypocrisy there that he's the guy that was pushing for a bill where people would have to disclose their investments, that people couldn't uh, invest, maybe, you know. And but then, you know, when it comes down to what his what, he, what his family does, oh, don't look there. Don't talk about that. And then that, that and then, apple fell far from the, the Paul tree. I'll tell you. Well, and then just like Tucker Carlson or all these other talking heads like we talked about before. You know, when you have like a Rand Paul or a Ted Cruz, they're the champion of their side, their tribe. And then they go up to bat and they swing and miss. 
because they're not, they can't see, they, they, they rather don't have or don't disclose the real evidence. They go based on reports. Well, based on this report and everything, this happened. And then when they try and assert that to Fauci, Fauci's like, no, that didn't happen. And he's probably correct in a way. You know, it seems like he's nervous and he's denying things when he's being grilled by Rand. But Rand's not nailing him on anything because Rand's not disclosing the full story. If you understood how this really happened, then you'd have to disclose a bit more. It wouldn't be just about Fauci and uh, Ralph Barrick. It would be about, well, the U.S. government. It, it would be about our own military being involved in things like this. To give the full context of the story, to understand where the crime really originated from, Rand would have to disclose all of that, too. And that's probably why he won't. I'm just saying. No, don't, ever hold, don't hold anyone on a pedestal, that's all. You know? Yeah, especially if they're a pussy. No, no, it's a, pussy on the pedestal. That's right. Now it says the hey, dog. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Listen, pussies could take banging. Yes. Thank you, Lisa. We're going to put that on a t shirt, wow. too. <laughs> now it says the next bumper sticker. Now, move, move it on, though. I wanted to bring this up. The reason why I mentioned that, like, yeah, there is some uh, government culpability here. Um, well, here's it. It says gang of function experiments at Boston University have created a deadly new COVID 19 virus. Who thought that was a good idea? This is from Forbes. And we've talked about this before on the show, but this is an article back from October 24th of last year, folks. So it's been well known that gain-of-function research or whatever the hell you want to call it, directed evolution, uh, making popcorn in the microwave, whatever you want to relabel it as, <laughs> that something like this has been going on here. So therefore, when we were involved over there, supposedly in Wuhan, uh, how much of this were we actually doing? And how much of that was what caused all of this? And who could have known? Because to me, lately, the Chinese, they've been playing themselves up as pretty big baby faces lately, right? We talked about that on the show last week, how they're they want calling. Peace. Yeah, they want peace in Ukraine. Meanwhile, we just want endless war there. Uh, so, I mean, what were, what were they really doing over there at Wuhan? Were they making bad stuff? Were they making the, 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 the type of thing that would spark off a World War III like something that would spark off like a, a potential like devastating uh, a you know type of attack in some sort of new level of warfare you know asymmetric warfare um or or where they try to figure out what the hell we were doing to do that because that's another theory like we automatically assume that even the well, of all that we know of all that i know about my government before all this occurred that I would still assume that my government's the good guy? No. I don't think it's all that likely. <laughs> I think that that's more that's more out there, you know, for, for interpretation more than anything nowadays. We're all working together, six. Well, I was gonna say, um, with these governments, the way that they work together, you're right on with that. It says oh, Westland, baby. Well, it says after all the contra controversy. Over the past few years about gain-of-function research on viruses, especially the COVID-19 virus, I thought this kind of work was on hold, at least in the U.S. indeed. The controversy grew so hot that NIH issued a statement in May of 2021 declaring that it wouldn't support such work. But nonetheless, some scientists continue to pursue gain-of-function work. In a new study just released on the preprint server of BioRxiv, a group of virologists at Boston, why always Boston guys, at Boston University did the following. They took the spike protein 
which is part of that code I think that was worked on in the BSL lab, if you ask me, from the Omicron BA.1 strain of SARS-CoV-2, that's the strain that spread throughout the world last winter, often slipping past the protection, I love that, the protection offered by vaccines. They still have to give, they're not giving up the ghost uh, that, that the vaccines offered protection to at Forbes. Fuck you, Forbes. Pieces of shit. And combining with an early 2020 strain of the COVID-19 virus. This experiment gave them brand new, never before seen strain of COVID-19. Was it more deadly? You bet. In the experiments, the BU scientists infected laboratory mice with the original Omicron virus, which caused mild, non-fatal infection. So we needed to vaccinate everybody for that. But then they infected mice with their new recombinant virus. Remember that word, recombinant, right? Because that's where the recombinant bat vaccine that they were working on with uh, DARPA and BARDA, the, you know, the DOD, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Which they called Omni-S. 80% of the mice died. To quote from that article, the Omicron S carrying virus infects severe disease with a mortality rate of 80%. That was a quote from that. Well, <laughs> Author's article goes on to say, well, that's just great. Making matters worse, re the researchers found that the new recombinant virus also replicated much faster in mice. So you mean that they can do that? Wasn't that science fiction? Oh, they can just, they, they can, they, they can make this stuff in a lab. They can make it more infectious. They can weaponize it. That was just, it seemed like a, seemed like a fairy tale, but apparently not. It says, uh, Omni-S infected mice produced 30 fold more infectious virus particles. So you mean they become dispersal units then when you, when you also create this uh, much faster and uh, a more virulent recombinant virus, right? <laughs> oh boy, it gets worse. It gets worse. Now it says, uh, not only do they put more virus uh, particles compared with Omicron infected mice, but yes, you read that right. Omni-S might grow 30 times faster than the garden variety Omicron strain. This, dear readers, is what we mean by gain-of-function research. The scientists took sequences from two different strains of the COVID-19 virus, one of which was relatively mild and created a new strain that is far more infectious and far more deadly. As many scientists and others have pointed out, research like this carries great risks. You don't fucking say. Uh, foremost among them, the chance that an accidental lab leak could create a new pandemic, killing millions of people. Why does it always have to be an accident? Why? Well, because releasing something like, like that would be an act of war. And if it would probably, and Lisa, that maybe this is a Lisa question, that would deserve a different level, I'd say, of investigation. Like if something is an act of war, it has a different set of consequences than a whoopsie, doesn't it? Like if you accidentally sunk the Lusitania, <laughs> you know, people would just be like, oh man, that's, that's a damn shame. All those people died. Yeah, oh. Norred accidentally stood down 9-11. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when you accidentally do those things, it's one thing. But when you do them on purpose, when you release it on purpose, that indicates a lot more. And who could, who else in that chain could it indicate if they used it for an act of war? What, what type of um, uh, treaties, international treaties, would that trip for us if it were found out that the United States not only funded this type of shit, but was responsible? You mean treaties was, matter? Well, yeah, exactly. Or, or was responsible you know, for this even. Now it says, and the benefits, there must be some pretty major uh, benefits to offset this risk, right? It says, well, not exactly. The researchers say that these experiments show that the pathogen pathogenicity 
of the COVID virus is determined primarily by something other than the spike protein. You know what? Really? I, just something uh, clicked to me. Mm-hmm. I don't recall hearing much, many, you know, haven't seen much on how COVID affects the Russians. Oh, you know what? You're right there. And, uh, you know, I've, I've seen things uh, about other countries, but that's one country because they're the bad guys, just like Iran and North Korea and all these other countries, you know, the ones that aren't on the, uh, the, the same dole that we are monetarily in particular, you know, Chris, Chris Graves, you've probably seen that time after time, you know, throughout history too. those, those who aren't on the, uh, the, the head of the snake is our friend. Uh, Angry Tiger would call it those those who don't bow to the the head of the snake there in banking are often the ones that are targeted by these wars. But in that, not not just having like a cultural and language barrier and other things between us um, in Russia, it would be you know the the fact that they're they're looked at as an enemy by both sides of our media, and like even even like the the Republican media, right? Like the the Fox News media that we've been talking about. They still have to come out and say, "Well, Russia bad," you know, and 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 there's, it's it's just going to be that simple though. Like they're they're not going to tell you necessarily why. They just say that the you know the U.S. you know State Department or the U.S. intelligence claims this, and then they move on. They don't. Do you know there's something something called a Sput- Sputnik vaccination? What? Gross. I'll put it. I'll put it in the in the in the uh, chat thing. Yeah, please do. Now it says, does this work violate at NIH policies? Uh, what up, critical? I see her in the chat. Um, it says neither NIH nor NIAD, because uh, when the NIH director has stated that neither the NIH or NIAD have ever produced any grant that would have supported gang of function research on coronaviruses that would have increased their transmissibility or lethality for humans. It says, first, let me point out that this is a very narrow statement. The NIH doesn't deny that it funds gain-of-function work on viruses because it does. They even put a pause on such work for three years, but they lifted it, and in quotes it says, regrettably, <laughs> in 2017. It says, I wrote about it at that time, the author says, the NIH reopens the door to creation of superviruses. That was from December of 2017. But second, the NIH policy carefully says that they don't support work that would make viruses more deadly for humans. But the BU study only looked at mice. So one might argue that it wasn't making the viruses more deadly in humans. <laughs> so that's the fact check type of stuff. That's the Newsweek fact check that you get, right, from this type of shit. Is that, oh, it's the, there's a rumor going around the internets saying that uh, the BU is working on something that made Omicron more deadly for humans. And then they fact check it and correct it by saying it was only more deadly in mice. But um, now it says that, but there simply is no way that we can tell that, not unless we intentionally infect someone. Mm, has that been done? And having read this paper, this works. Uh, this work seems to me to be a clear violation of NIH rules, but I don't think any of that fucking matters, right? But at Boston University and the researchers who led the study disagree. In a statement issued last week, BU officials wrote, first, this research is not gain-of-function research, meaning it did not amplify the Washington State SARS-CoV-2 virus strain. Why is it the Washington State SARS-CoV-2 virus strain? Or make it look more dangerous? Like, did it have... Did- does the do the uh, do the viruses create many chavs <laughs> there? <laughs> you know, do they do they do they take over the local courthouse 
Is that what they do? But it says, um, let's, Not so. <laughs> yeah, it says, let's take a look at this denial, shall we? First, let me reiterate that new experiments combine two strains of the COVID-19 virus. Well, that's, that's pretty plain, right? It says the Omicron strain, which has been the main strain infecting humans since last winter and an earlier strain that was collected from a patient in Washington State in 2020. And why just the Omicron strain since then? How come no, no other new strains? We had Alpha, Delta, and then Omicron, and then it just, boop, just stopped. Interesting. It says the Omicron strain causes only mild infections in mice. Again, why did we shut down the world and uh, vaccinate everybody for that? But the new Omicron S strain, the one that Boston University scientists created in their lab, kills 80% of them. The Washington State uh, strain, which is no longer circulating in people and thus isn't a current threat, kills 100% of mice. So that is the BU argument. Because Omni S is less deadly than one of its parental strains, the research doesn't meet the definition of gain of function. So it's less deadly, still 80%. Not a bad thing. Go ahead and mess with it. It's all right. <laughs> but it says, uh, sorry, but this argument is just nonsense. You don't get to redefine gain of function in the same sentence where you're denying that you've done it. These experiments created a brand new recombinant strain of COVID-19, and that strain was much more infectious and much more deadly than Omicron which is one of the strains it was created from. This is precisely what most scientists mean when they describe gain-of-function research and the risks that it carries. Furthermore, we have no idea how, idea how this virus will behave in humans. It might be far more deadly than Omicron in people. Let's hope we never find out. Now, the reason why I bring this up too is not just to show the hypocrisy in America here, uh, but to also talk about this a little bit too, because when we talk about China's relationship with what's going on in the world, with them being the big baby faces now, wanting you know, nothing but peace between Ukraine and Russia, and we're not on both sides of our media here in the United States. But it says here, uh, just a reminder, Harvard University professor and two Chinese nationals were charged in three separate China-related cases. Um, I'm going to increase this a little bit. This there we go. It says the Department of Justice announced today that the chair of Harvard University's chemistry and chemical biology department, sounds like a small, small change type of operation, right? And two Chinese nationals have been charged in connection with aiding the People's Republic of China. Dr. Charles Lieber, who's 60, chair of the Department of Chemistry and Chemical Biology at Harvard University, was arrested this morning and charged with criminal complaint with one count of making a materially false, fictitious, and fraudulent statement. Now, Lieber will appear this afternoon, says, before Magistrate Judge Marion B. Bowler. Remember, this is 2020. Yep. Yep. In federal court in Boston, Massachusetts. Now, Yang Qing Yi, 29, a Chinese national, was charged in an indictment today with one count each of visa fraud, making false statements, acting as an agent of a foreign government and conspiracy. Yi is currently in China. So good luck getting him back here. Now, uh, Zhao Song Zheng, uh, 30, a Chinese national, was arrested on December 10th of 2019 at Boston's Logan International Airport and was charged by criminal complaint with attempting to smuggle, this is why I brought this up, 21 vials of biological research to China. Now, were they bringing good things or bad things? Was the U.S. trying to come up with you know new types of good viruses or were we coming up with the ones that you weaponize hmm. every winter a new strain yep 
And on t- January of 21, 2020, Zhang was in- indicted on one count of smuggling goods from the United States and one count of making false, fictitious, or fraudulent statements. He has been detained since December 30th of 2019. Now, the reason why I wanted to bring up Lieber there and the connections with China is that China is often pointed to as the culprits behind uh, this lab leak, the reason for the shutdowns, the lockdowns, maybe uh, even if you read the emails to Anthony Fauci, what, what swayed him to go against his original statements about masking. But if China's the bad guy and we're worried about them ganging up with Russia and this whole uh, Ukraine energy war and stuff then why the fuck is the president of the United States' son messing around with biolabs over in Ukraine? And the same son, mind you, that's connected with billions of dollars of transactions with the Chinese government and Chinese companies. Are they all... That's what here, folks. Yeah. Are they all... Is it all just one big club and we're not in it, right? I mean, because when it, when it comes down to it, like how... Can somebody this steeped in the corruption of dealing with China and having direct connections to our own president, how would we ever go after the bad guys when the supposed good guys have somebody in charge that's corrupted by the bad guys? Like, how do you solve that problem, folks? Do that math for me, please. I'm not great at it. but All roads lead back to Harvard. Yes. Uh, Critical says, I'm not making violent threats against those health officials. I'm only making threats against their hypothetical mice. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Stand down, mice. Stand down. They say it's uh, like Gotham City. It's all corrupt. Well, true, because it says here to report the Hunter Biden investment firm tied to Ukraine bio labs, too, because that's not conflict of interest in this war, right? Uh that not only the the person tied to Chinese deals was also tied to uh, deals with Ukraine bio labs. So what were we smuggling? What were we doing? What what did we what did we pay for? What was being housed in these bio labs? And could it have been weaponized? Could China have been trying to bring back evidence that we were doing the things that we swore and even had passed laws that we would not do? You know that would be quite a. That'd be quite an expose, you know, to see on the world stage that the United States, you know, the the country that's supposed to be, we're supposed to be the moral arbiters, right? That's why we're the police of the world. You know, that's why we're the world hegemony. We need to call this the like million question show. Yeah, because it really does. It brings up tons of questions. Like it says here, an investment firm directed by Hunter Biden was a, a top financial supporter of a firm that collaborated on identifying and isolating deadly pathogens in Ukrainian laboratories, the report said. Rosemont Seneca Technology Partners, or RSTP, a subsidiary of the Hunter Biden and Christopher Hines, who is also John Kerry's stepson, right? Christopher Hines founded Rosemont Capital. Hines. Yep, yep, that's right. Now, they received funds from the, the Obama administration's Department of Defense, just like we had mentioned, DOD being involved in this, in the process. The National Pulse reported that on March 24th, and this is from March 25th of 2022. This is from last year. Oh, by the way. Yes. Just for the record, mm-hmm. the pet, people who are with the DOD don't like to be called ass wipes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 
Thank you, Lisa. I'm sure you tested that out. <laughs> but it says Metabiota, a San Francisco-based company that purports to detect, track, and analyze, because that's the biggest thing out of this, the biosecurity state, the ability to detect, track, and trace, and then make all these analysis. It's supposed to do that for emerging infectious diseases and is one of the companies listed on archive version of RSTP's portfolio. Because yeah, why would they have to scrub such a thing like that? Why would they have to rely on archive versions? Why, why, why wouldn't they be totally transparent here, folks? Now in quotes, it says, today we can exclusively reveal an official connection between the Biden-linked pandemic firm and biological laboratories based in Ukraine. Natalie Winters and Rahim Kassam wrote for the National Pulse. Metabiota, Ukraine, Plandemics, it's all in the Biden laptop, which is according to Marco Polo, a new Rosetta Stone for, of corruption, noted Garrett Ziegler in a Telegram post last month. Marco Polo is a research group headed by Ziegler, a former Trump White House official. So again, same crime network, same crime family, investigating one another, whatever, who has been actively focused on Biden family corruption and foreign interference in the 2020 U.S. elections. I'm sure he has. The report on Joe Biden's son financial involvement with Ukrainian biological laboratories experimenting with pathogens. Meanwhile, hold on one second. This came out last March. It's March again, folks. Did it take them a fucking year? One year. To nail them on this? Like, wouldn't it be like if you had a research firm, if you had, if you were part of a former White House Trump, you know, Trump official? When you have enough pull to be able to like actually expose this stuff by now, how long does it take to expose that kind of information? You think that Tucker Carlson's going to take 14,000 fucking hours information and be able to give you the truth on it in a couple weeks? I was kind of hoping, but now the way you're saying it makes me think. Now, it gets worse. <laughs> it says the report on Joe Biden's son's financial involvement with Ukrainian biological laboratories experimenting with pathogens, animals, and anthrax. Of course. And not the cotton, the mosh anthrax either, not the good kind. Yeah, not the kind in the mailbox. Remember? Went away. Whoa. Got the time, Chris Graves? Now it says, uh, in anthrax follows the National Pulse unearthing Metabiota's ties to EcoHealth Alliance. There it is. There's the connection. Ralph Barrick and EcoHealth. Nice a, a key entity in the origins of the COVID-19 and cover-up efforts. So you're saying that there's a connection between Hunter Biden What's going on in Ukraine and COVID-19? Well, we'll definitely where's get to the, the bottom. Where's the Epstein angle? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, missing. Yeah, Whitney Webb, who you mentioned earlier <laughs> off air, actually did some work on that too, you know, exposing how Epstein was tied in with people like- um, um, Scientific community. Al well, yeah. the, the scientific community, but then also investors like Eric Schmidt and Alex Karp um, and yeah, Palantir. Oh, and Harvard Law Professors. So now let's go on to um, the next of the big four, uh, because this uh, is sort of like chapter one of this for me. And then chapter two starts here. Here's chapter two. Let's talk about 15 minute cities, because when you talk about the remaking of the world, when you talk about the, um, what is it called? The great reset, right? Well, who is behind the Great Reset, folks? If we just read that Hunter Biden and his you know, place Metabiota here 
was involved in not only um, what could have provoked the war in Ukraine, because if you're Russia, like if you were, if you were, let's say, let's say, then this has been used before and in past discussions, I believe. But let's just say that Mexico had some biolabs right on the U.S. southern border. You think that people like Ted Cruz and Rand Paul and all these other fucking numbnuts in, in, in Congress, you think that they would be like pulling that? Would Tom Cotton be out there saying that this is an act of war? You know, wouldn't we have people like that on Fox News right now that Mexico is is about to go to war with the United States if they don't shut down their bio labs? You know, yeah, don't we think. don't we do preventative war around here? Around here, wasn't that our Bill Crystal fucking wet dream is to be able to find places that are potential threats or at least claim that they are, and then go <laughs> and blow them the fuck up and take over them, right? Well, yeah. What was it called pre uh, pre war? Yeah, it's the stuff that leaks out before the war, right? Yeah. Oh. But uh, speaking of that, look at this trip. This is Nathan D. Wolf. And look at who this is from. <laughs> he just referred to someone as a drip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Well, let me read his bio and you'll, you'll see why. This is from the World Economic Forum's website. Uh, I'm sure they love me being there. But it says, uh, Dr. Nathan Wolf is the founder and chair of Metabiota. Why does he have a page on the World Economic Forum's website? With that type of thing, what what was what 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 significance would that have whatsoever of, of being on the World Economic Forum's website? Metabiota is the provider of a unique, it says, data analytics platform for risk. <laughs> what 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 makes it unique? The fact that they kill people and figure out how? I don't know. But it says the what a drip. Yeah, what a drip. The the company's analytics perform uh, platform. Sorry. Uh, you started talking about drip and I got into performance, uh, combines <laughs> Freudian slip, maybe, uh, proprietary real time and historical data, machine learning and economic risk modeling to enable companies, insurers and sovereign entities. What are those to assess risk accumulations? So basically they tell you after, you know, say somebody releases a pathogen, how to bet on the right moves if you're a company, if you're an insurance company, or if you're a nation. Basically, they'll, they'll take a look. They'll assess the situation for you and tell you what to do. They're a consultant firm for pandemics. Wow. I wonder if they got a lot of work <laughs> past couple years, right? Now, preemptive, preemptive strikes. That's, that was what I... My mind kept trying to remember. Well, That's and, the term. And your brilliant mind, sir, is right on point there because if we read further on, it says that also their job is to implement innovative risk mitigation, you know, like lockdowns, masking, uh, forced vaccinations, and bring new insurance products to market, like maybe not being able to get insurance if you're not vaccinated or telling people that uh, they're going to sign up for a vaccination program every fall because they can't be a threat you know, to their business, because what business would want to have somebody working for them where they could lose their insurance policy if they didn't get vaccinated? Contact tracing. Yeah. And they have to trace you the whole time too, to make sure that you're behaving folks. You're not doing any risky behavior because that's, yeah, that's who, who uh, you've been around. Remember that? Get, whole get a load of this. What's that? Get a load of this. I just put this in the, in the, in the uh, chat thing. Yeah. Speaking of drip. Time has partnered with the World Economic Forum. Oh, here we go. Oh. And it says, the Great Reset, the COVID-19 pandemic has provided a unique opportunity to think about the kind of future we want. 
time partnered with the World Economic Forum to ask leading thinkers to share ideas for how to transform the way we live and work. It's almost like they planned this, right? (laughs) I wouldn't do such a thing, dude. That's poppycock. Poppycock, indeed. Oh, man. And then they have, oh, what is this now? In partnership with Sampo Holdings, they have, oh, these are just all like re- uh, related articles to talk about the Great Reset. <laughs> right. And I'm sure they're all written, written glowingly too of this. Oh, here we go. Redesigned. Yeah. So that's, some of these articles will tell you exactly what their aims are. So, um, and here's the connection to PayPal. Anybody has some problems that we know of PayPal? I know David Knight's uh, you know, banned from there for forever. Um, there's certain people that can't transact through there at all. Um, now, it says uh, PayPal's Dan Schulman on solutions that will drive real change. I love I love platitudes like that, real change. Oh, this is going to be some real change. Yeah, into a form of digital slavery, like a, a CBDC, um, you know, a, a biomedical security state, possibly. You know, who, who the fuck knows? Now, and this says, um, you know, from, from Klaus here, it says, but we need to reimagine capitalism. Of course we do. Uh, it says Poland's coal country isn't so pure. You know, even though after bombing uh, the uh, fucking pipelines there, the Nord Stream pipelines that Germany and other countries going back to coal because, you know, they don't have the cleaner natural gas to work with. But yeah, fuck them. And, and if corporations. That story went away too. <laughs> oh, of course. Yes. You know, because then you'd have to look into the aftermath of it and what people actually did, you know, like not investigate. Like how all the countries that were affected, just like Germany that I mentioned before, um, when it yeah. comes to an international investigation as to who bombed the pipelines, they're like, ah, we don't need to look into that. That's no big deal. Seymour <laughs> yeah, did a good job of that. Uh, moving on. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, oh, we, we spotted a guy walking away from your house with a canister of gasoline to look like after your house caught on fire. And you're just like, ah, we don't need to look into that. No problem. That's called profiling six, and I will not have it. Yes, absolutely. Well, speaking of profiling, here it says this. This talks about addressing racial inequality, and here are the nine things that actually make a difference. Because that, that that's an assertion too. Uh, I might add that these the, the other things don't make a difference. These ones certainly do. They're selling you, folks. They're fucking selling you. All right. Um, the river. Yeah, and it says here's how in twenty. It's twenty twenty three. Here's how we fixed. The global economy. Well, that's depending on how you interpret the word fixed. Yeah, I was going to say, what is the word fixed? <laughs> fixed is in. Oh, it's fixed. All right. It's definitely fixed. That's for sure. Oh, man. But going on from there. All right. So we talked about this a little bit in the World Economic Forum's involvement. Well, part of like the World Economic Forum and what I would call the global corporatist oligarchy. Um, what, the drips. Yes, the drips. The, the people that want to reform the world, um, they have often used war in the past, right? To reform the world, to start up new, uh, basically a new form of society. Like the world that we existed in after World War II and after World War I, actually, was a completely different world than we had existed in before. Um, when it comes to technological advancement, yes, but also in culture, in society. Um, a large part of that, especially after World War II, is the... I'd say the corporatization of government. This is where like we really became like a, a corporatist fascist type of government, if you ask me, because you know, not only did we change over, you know, during World War One and after the monetary policy, 
But then all the other companies sort of fell in line too. All the ones that were enriched by war and war profiteers. Companies like industrial complex. Companies like Alphabet. Let's talk about this. So in order Which to is funny, Six, because if you look into it, are they is that a front for an alphabet agency? Yeah. They are the government. They're the same fucking people. They're the same people that used our stolen tax dollars to bomb other people for the past couple decades. And they all form this technology with that money. And then they bring it back and they commercialize it. This is how this is their big payoff for for doing all that dirty deeds over there. All right. I'm dirt cheap. You know it. Um, Now, it says here um, might sound like a loon, but uh, but it's says this is loon (laughs) LLC. (laughs) This blew my mind, man. You know, who we've been talking about those balloons and people blaming China. And this is a national security threat. And this this could be an EMP attack. Even we've talked about that. Like this is so many things and all the mysteries of how those balloons got here that we're shooting down $13 weather balloons now over this. You know, it's mass hysteria. Dogs and cats living together. as Dogs and cats. Mass hysteria. Peter Venkman said. Mm -hmm. But loon. Was an LLC owned by Alphabet. It was a subsidiary of theirs, working on providing internet access to rural and remote areas. That sounds lovely. The company used high altitude balloons in the stratosphere at an altitude of 18 kilometers or 11 miles for those of us that don't know what the fuck a kilometer is, or also uh, and also to 25 kilometers, which is also 16 miles, to create an aerial wireless network up to one megabytes of worth the speed now is it a reference to the balloons used project loon began as a research and development project by x formerly google x in 2011 but later spun out into a separate company in july of 2018 in january of 2021 it announced that the company would be shut down due to a lack of profitability well government never has any problems with lack of profitability does it it's really shut down. <laughs> well, and here's a picture of that loon balloon. Hmm. Now, the reason why I bring this up is, is as we talk about this being, you know, potential um, Chinese infiltration and, you know, how this is a national security threat. If you had balloons, say, connected to, um, I don't know, internet hovering over different areas around, say a particular pattern like going through uh, towards military bases and it can connect with all those devices phones networks um, to provide it internet service well it could also upload right like if you if if these are meant to give internet service to things then they would also have the ability to both not only give you internet, but also for you to upload things to the internet. They're two-way transfers, right? So if you have a giant balloon like this flying over a military installation, theoretically, it could access all of that information in mass, in huge packets, and send it and actually upload it to a satellite. And where could that go? Well, that could go anywhere. That could go to China. That can go to Russia. That go to Woonsocket, Rhode Island. And it says um, here, because Washington aiming to restore wireless phone service to hurricane-battered Puerto Rico, the Federal Communications Commission on Friday night, and this is back from uh, 
2017, right? On Friday night, granted an experimental license for Alphabet Inc.'s Project Loon to create a network of balloons that could provide connectivity. Before it can initiate service, though, Loon has to clear a few more hurdles, officials said, notably finding a wireless carrier to serve as its partner. Well, if none of the other majors would cover it, like a Verizon or an AT&T or a T-Mobile or something like that, then you know who could they have partnered with? Could it have been our own government? Could it have been somebody else's government? I mean, China does mess with uh, uh, Google a little bit, right? Uh, they've had they've had ties in the past. We'll talk about that in a second. But, oh, yeah. it's, but it says Libby Leahy, a spokeswoman for X, the Alphabet unit that oversees Project Loon, said in a statement that Loon needs to be integrated with a telco partner cellular network. The balloons can't do it alone. She added that we've been making solid progress on that next step. It, rem- it remained unclear when Loon might be able to start providing service. Now, Loon's network of balloons appeared to work well earlier this year when parts of Peru suffered severe flooding. But Loon already had been working on network integration with a carrier there, Telefonica. Now, Project Loon said that the effort in Peru marked the first time that an internet system using balloons had connected tens of thousands of people. Now, it says in the case of Puerto Rico, AT&T Incorporated and T-Mobile handsets, that means your phone, should be able to operate on the frequencies covered by the experimental license. So did people's phones go on different networks during the time of these recent balloon sightings? Who knows? I wonder who would have the documentation of something like that. Would AT&T know? Would Would they hand it over just like the phone records of the people at J6, you think? I think not. Probably not in this instance, no. Mm-hmm. And it says that, um, however, it's possible that some would need a software update. Ooh. Has there, was there also a recent software update around the time of these balloon sightings? Now, which might, and, and who has the uh, military contracts, by the way? What type of phones do the military servicemen hold? I mean, there's only two flavors of ice cream in this shit-ass ice cream stand. When it, whenever it comes to cell phones these days, you rather have an Apple Gross. phone or an Android phone, right? And both of them suck in different ways. But it, you know, if if you have something that's comp, you know, built-in compromisation, compromisation, is that a word? Uh, which might have to be it's delivered wrong. over the air to Puerto Rico. Now it said a T-Mobile spokeswoman uh, declined to comment on the experiment. Thanks. A Sprint spokesman. Oh, there's a, there's a difference. Oh, there we go. Said the carrier is in touch with Alphabet and exploring the idea. But it says more than two weeks after Hurricane Maria struck, millions of Puerto Ricans are still without access to much needed communication services. So let me put it to you this way too. The area and terrains and, and places where they put military installations, they don't just put them in like in the middle of, you know, downtown Boston, do they? They put them, they put them out and far away from a lot of other things. So they can do tests, they can blow things up, so they can fly, you know, fighter jets that look like, you know, maybe UFOs. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, when you're doing that though, how are you going to get the internets out there? You know, how are you going to connect with, uh, you know, let's say warplanes in the air? Well, let's talk about that. Um, this is about Project Maven. This is from Wired. It says, three years after Project Maven uproar, Google cozies to the Pentagon. The company has contracts to detect corrosion on Navy ships and help maintain Air Force jets. Now wants a bid for a lucrative cloud contract. What is cloud? Well, cloud is where all the information goes. So since you're not storing it on a server, you know, and servers could be hacked, uh, servers can be, you know, you could 
fucking unplug it by accident. You mean the same thing that, that got hacked with the uh, Sony hack a few years back? You betcha. Now it says in 2018, thousands of Google employees protested a Pentagon contract dubbed Project Maven that used the company's artificial intelligence technology to analyze drone surveillance footage. Oh, that's fun. That's Skynet stuff, baby. We love that stuff here. Now it says Google said it wouldn't renew the contract and announced guiding principles for future AI projects that forbid work on weapons and surveillance projects. Bullshit. They definitely continued. Violating international accepted norms. What norms? We, we don't, who sets those norms? At the same time, Google made it clear it would seek defense contracts. While we are not developing AI for use in weapons, bullshit, uh, CIA Sundar Pichai wrote, uh, we will continue our work with governments and the military in many other areas. In the three years since, Google has stayed true to its word. Sure, Wired. The company has built a significant line of business atop deep relationships with defense and intelligence agencies, including a series of contracts that haven't drawn the same scrutiny or outcry as Project Maven. But Google's thriving defense portfolio includes a project detecting corrosion on Navy vessels by applying machine learning to drone imagery and other supporting aircraft maintenance for the Air Force. Now, Google also supplies cloud security technology to the Pentagon's Defense Innovation Unit, set up to help the agency with more closely with to work more closely with tech companies. So again, how do you have these devices on fighter jets? And, you know, ground stations, uh, you know, in, in these military installations, other, other places. How do you apply your own military network of internet in other places? Like laying down, you explained to, if we're going to say invade a place, like say, say we did go to war with China. Are we going to go over there and lay down like um, what, the fiber optic cable that it takes to get high speed internet? No, we're going to deploy a bunch of these balloons that are going to supply the network there. And they're going to be far out of reach. The reason why that I recommend uh, recommended talking about this, um, you know, for when we talk about fifteen minute cities, though, is that what if you want to not live in the fifteen minute city? You know, what are your options going to be for internet service at that point? If everything's conglomerated into one single network, is every everything's centralized into one place that you have to exist in, or else you're cut off from the rest of society? Well, then you'd probably be forced. I mean, look at how people are signing up for Elon Starlink. Oh, and there's a connection to that too. We'll read on. But it says, not only does Google supply cloud security technology, the Pentagon's innovative uh, or innovation defense or defense innovation unit the, set up to help the agency work more closely with tech companies, but also in November of 2020, Google won a piece of a large CIA cloud contract. And in May, it jointly won a $1.3 billion deal with Amazon, too, to supply cloud services to the Israeli government, including its defense agencies. So look at the partners. Look at it all being one big happy family here. Everything, it's like the Apple system, right? Everything just works. It just works with one another. Well, it's because it's, it's, it's meant to do that. It's meant to keep you within the company store. You're never supposed to go outside of that. So look... Who's holding a, a, the information now? Who, who is the arbiter of who gets what information too? Are they a gatekeeper? Can Google hold up certain intelligence information? And if they're doing intelligence information for the, the Israelis, who are our quote unquote allies here, right? Um, what if the Israelis are up to some naughty stuff? Would Google turn around and tell the US government that? Oh, that's so far-fetched. Yeah, yeah, so far-fetched. 
Now, it says that events this month suggest there might be big defense deals in Google's future, too. Uh, two weeks ago, the company said it received a Pentagon security certification allow it to, to handle controlled government information. Controlled is in quotes. The fuck does that mean? Now, the same day, the New York Times reported that Google was preparing a bid for the Pentagon's most significant cloud contract yet, which is the Joint Warfighter Cloud Capability. Now, I'm just guessing. Let me, can I click on this, actually? No, this, this goes into, yes, the Jedi program. And then keep reading with this special offer. Guess what? We're not. We're going to archive that. But um, we'll come back to that maybe. Oh, no, here we go. Did it quick. It says, that, yeah, the Pentagon scrubs a cloud deal and looks to add more AI. The Jedi program had become a legal and political morass. Mm, fun word. Uh, Microsoft won the, of course, Microsoft always involved in this too. Bill Gates, Great Reset. New way of living. Microsoft won the $10 billion contract, but Amazon and Oracle sued to block the deal. They're all fighting over the ability to provide this type of, what I'm going to call internet superiority. Like when you're talking about something like joint warfighters, um, when you have technology that makes your warfighters the best on the planet, that's very invaluable. What if they wanted to shop that around to other countries? What if they wanted to shop it around to China instead? What if there's a bidding war on this type of technology in the future? Is the U.S. always going to win that bidding war? Are we going to be able to hang with the other countries? Who knows? Now, did I go back too far? I may have gone back too far. Oh, no. This is what I wanted to talk about anyways. Same company that we've been talking about, though. It says Google Parent nears its deal to build its own vision of a city in Toronto. Now, this is also from, uh, I believe, 2017, so God knows how much that uh, progress that they've made on that. But it says, Alphabet Sidewalk Labs nears a deal for waterfront development, its first major foray into the creation of high-tech urban space. Folks, when you want to create digital prisons, when you want to create cities that are you know, set up to be 15-minute cities based on the technology of these companies, you are signing into slavery. Like that's that's what this is. This is digital slavery. Um, I can't put it any more lightly than that. I mean, it's just to me that you're you're talking about the government and companies like this that work so closely on surveillance technology with companies like Metabiota too, um, and developing viruses and other things to create you know new scares, um, new ways. Economic resets that destroy don't, small don't business. Climate change. We're curing climate change here. Oh yeah, and of course, doing that too. You know, I'm, I'm sure they're really, they're really put cracking that in the, in the uh, chat. Yeah, they're really, they're really cracking on that. Um, and here I can pull that up actually. Let me switch back. But yeah, they're really, really working hard on solving all these problems for us. You know, and people yeah. that, and people that buy into these solutions, you know, people that buy well, I, I love the way my Google or Apple phone or whatever works, and they're a good company. They provide me lots of joy in life. Well, you know, they don't seem to think as much that it's you know it's, it, that it's a bad thing that these companies and government are basically working hand in hand with each other to design our society and and claim that it's for the greater good. You know, always the util the great utilitarian principles there too. You know, saving the planet. You know, be, being 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 the stewards of the earth. You know, uh, being a great generation. 
you know, that, that saves the planet. You know, that's what they tell all of our kids, you know, but it's saying to, uh, here to combat climate change, the nonprofit group C40 cities is partnering with a Danish firm to pilot walkable neighborhoods in five global cities. Yeah. To keep you in the grid, you know, so just like when we were talking about before of being kept in the sort of ideological or intellectual grid, you know, with, with your thoughts, with what, you know, you know, keeping you ignorant, keeping you tribalistic, um, you know, keeping you even, even depressed or keeping you alienated, you know, because you, you don't agree with the treatment being given to you. Well, then now it's going to be, it's going to be your hometown. It's going to be the city that you live in, you know, the, the same, the same, uh, creatures and technology that, that worked hand in hand with our own government to censor us, to ban us, to, uh, go after our, our, not only our, our, uh, professional lives but our lives in general everything yeah everything i mean they went after everything the past few years didn't they i mean the oh, tech yeah. the technology companies and government did nothing but harm us the past several years we're going to trust yeah. them to reshape our culture and the way we live now like that's 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 a recipe for a hey, nightmare hey, you went thing we listen you got the concern about the greenhouse gases don't forget the carbon stuff, right? Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. And this this one here too from Lisa, this uh the 15 minute city from the United Nations, you know, under climate change. Talks about here with cities key to climate action. Could a new concept of urban living help us reach the Paris Agreement's targets? Did I ever sign that? Did I ever sign a, an agreement for me to live like that? It's in the mail. Yeah. Yeah. And it says American author Jane Jacobs once wrote that cities have the capability of providing something for everybody only because and only when they are created by everybody. Well, no, they're going to be created by Google and our government, and we're going to be forced to live within them. And if you want to be part of the new economy, you're going to have to do business with them. Like That's why it's so important to create local and parallel economies now, to start building those networks now. Because in the future, when, when they switch over to this, and I say in the future, I mean by 2030. It's 2023. We don't have much time left. And that's their target. That doesn't mean that we're going to be far worse off a hell of a lot you know, before then even. They might be ahead of schedule, especially with COVID you know, the past few years. It's gross. But it said it's a point that has more resonance now than ever as we look to reimagine how we live in our cities. Yes, you know, living on top of one another like we're living in some type of crazy, you know, KFC pita hell, you know, in our own filth in cities. But both as a result of the urgent need to take climate action and on the ongoing upheaval of the COVID-19 pandemic. And it says how we live is of course continually changing once we live transient lives before settling into villages, towns and then cities. I mean, we we were doing something before that worked for like billions of years, and then we started doing this shit. Oh yeah, might as well continue on with that. But in the 20th century, suburban uh, living became popular, and the daily commute. Oh, that it is there. There it is, right there. You just you living too far outside of our sphere of influence, pal. You can't be driving your own car. You got to be in one of these uh, AI directed self driving vehicles that connects to the 5G network that we're putting in. Because 5G isn't about your cell phone service, guys. It's not about it's not about you being able to stream, you know, cat videos on YouTube faster. 
It's all about being able to connect all the technology of the, the security rails? state. What's up? With the monorails. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if they were working on any actual, you're very right there, Lisa. If they were working on any actual solutions to this, they wouldn't be doing this. They wouldn't be doing it this way, right? And then especially, but who gets who gets the contracts immediately? You know, who works with the government that's going to be contracted to do all this social engineering? Because that's what it is. You know, it's it's going to be Elon Musk. Yeah, it's going to be Elon Musk. It's going to be Sendar Bachai. You know, it's going to be Google and Alphabet. It's going to be uh, Tim Cook over at Apple. It's going to be all of those fucks. All awesome. Of them. Yeah, all of them. Now it says, um, you know, as as we move on in the big four here, though, I wanted to point out too that uh, besides them building a, a vision of their future for us, that uh, you know, recently we were let down gently by Woody Harrelson. That somehow with all of this collusion, all this conspiracy to change our world, you know, it's just, it was uttered in what, 30 seconds of a joke, you know, to, to put us down uh, gently to let us know that, yeah, all this did happen to you, but it's okay. Maybe laugh about it a little bit, get that little dopamine shot, you know, laugh at it and then just go back to bed and wake up the next morning because you got work to do. You got to, you got to go pay your taxes so we can send more bombs to Ukraine. And uh, even though that that may be coming from the son of somebody that may have executed one of our presidents, uh, you know, so your jury's still out on that maybe, but um, even if it didn't, it's still the same military industrial complex that won whenever Kennedy died, that wins when we build these new 15 minute cities. Any other thoughts on that subject from the panel? I see that you, you brought up a bunch of other articles. I'm definitely going to get those now. So let's go through here. This is from the United Nations about climate action, generating power. Energy is at the heart of climate change. Of course, because that's why they have to control the energy market then. You know, <laughs> I mean, if, if you wanted to control the energy market from the jump, then you're going to need some sort of, you need to foment some sort of issue uh, that, that gets people on board with you taking control of it. So. Um, regarding Woody, though, I, I I hear he's got a new movie coming out, so you know you gotta, you know. Oh yeah, got got a got a promo of the new movies. I get that. But, you it's, know, I mean, you gotta he's gotta you know appeal to to the you know the right. Well, they're all they're all well timed, and then this is yeah the Truman Show. This is another uh, comparison you know that people make. Uh, one thing I had seen this movie before I had seen uh, the series The Prisoner. And I, I saw a lot of uh, the influence from the prisoner in this movie then. Um, but yeah, definitely go and check that out and put things in perspective for you about how things can be controlled. Uh, this from uh, Graves, this is from Hollywood Reporter, CIA slammed for sloppy dealings with Hollywood after Zero Dark Thirty. Ooh, explain a little bit there, Graves. It says, um, I don't know much about Zero Dark Thirty. That was the, uh, in my opinion, the... Uh Official propaganda about the the raid on Bin Laden. Oh, uh, yes. And of course, it was Oscar nominated too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the reason I brought it up is because they have a, a there's a crucial thing in the article about the CIA's Hollywood liaison, uh, Chase Brandon. Oh. And Chase Brandon, I don't know if it's, if you got to go down a little bit. Chase Brandon is Tommy Lee Jones's cousin. Wow. And I'm, I'm just connecting dots that maybe don't need to be connected, but 
what else? What other movies has uh, Tommy Lee Jones been a part of? Oh, JFK. Thank you. Yeah. And you know who? Uh, also, do you know who um, Tommy Lee Jones's college roommate was? Chase Brandon. Al Gore. Al Gore. Oh yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Maybe maybe there's no connections there, but I'm just saying, you know, the CIA's Hollywood liaison is the cousin of Tommy Lee Jones. And then I always question, I'm not accusing Mr. Stone of anything. I think kind of, I think what he did was he opened a lot of people's eyes with the movie JFK, but there was a reason why that movie was allowed to, to go on, yeah. to continue. I know it, it had a lot of res resistance in the in the media at the time, in terms of people attacking the screenplay and things like that. But how much of it was really attacking it, and was it just on the, you know what I mean? Was it on the surface? Was it what all what, the dissension and everything? Was it what it appeared to be, or of course. the movie was allowed to come out and be seen by everybody? So. And here it yeah. is. In 1996, the CIA hired Charles Brandon, the cousin of Men in Black actor Tommy Lee Jones, to be its Hollywood liaison. The CIA had worked on a number of TV shows, including Alias, 24, and Homeland. You know, all the, all the pro-war on oh, terror yeah, shows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wonder why. I wonder yeah. why. But here's, here's the reason why I bring any of this up, right? Mm -hmm. Not to be random. No, it's okay. But who was the star of hey, all of what's the wrong with random? Who yeah. Who was the star of uh, Oliver Stone's Natural Born Killers? Woody Harrelson. And when Oliver Stone is asked about the Charles Harrelson connection to the JFK assassination, he doesn't like to talk about it. No. Like when he was on Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan brought up that connection and he kind of just poo-pooed it. And uh, I have one other link that just shows the Al Gore uh, connection there, just so people don't think I pulled that from my rear end all right well we'll be checking on your rear end in two seconds i just want to Whoa. get up the rest of the uh <laughs> rest of the things here all right so let me scroll back down and see if i can find it is that the one you just dropped sir yeah, yeah, yeah the wide open country and the wide open rear end it says wide Whoa. open country um yeah there they are we look tommy lee jones there um and man bear pig on the right but it says yeah tommy lee jones <laughs> and al gore were roommates for four years it says, it's fun to look back at our college days and see just how far our, our former classmates have come, and especially for the Harvard University class of 1969. After graduating high school from the prestigious St. Mark's School of Texas, a young Tommy Lee Jones. Harvard, Harvard. So, yeah, yep. There, there's, that, there's that connection again with your area, guys. I don't know what the fuck yeah. keeps going on up there. CIA Hollywood liaison is his cousin. Jeez. So um, just for so time. Woody Harrelson so. is in good company is what I'm saying. Yeah. But just for time, let's finish up because, like sure. I said, um, you have to, uh, you're gonna have to go and give your. The U.S. will have to send their sons and daughters exactly the same way as we are sending their sons and daughters to war, and they will have to fight because it's a nature that we're talking about, and they will be dying. God forbid, because it's a horrible thing. Yeah, yeah, we're just reminded of what's really going to happen because it, they, they threaten us with, with stuff like that, right? That just, you're going to, you're going to go along with whatever the military industrial complex wants or else there's going to be worse consequences. 
that now that what Zelensky was saying there that the NATO um, number six froggy today, you bet. Um, but it says, yeah, that Zelensky here is basically telling us is that if we fail to give him everything that he and his countrymen want, that it will be our sons and daughters that are going to be sent into battle because of NATO. That was his explanation. Now, Newsweek did, I didn't even include it, but Newsweek did a little fact check on that because apparently people were saying that, that they were saying that Zelensky is uh, saying that we're going to send um, our sons and daughters to Ukraine. No, it might not be Ukraine. It might be Poland. Um, it might be Germany. Who knows? But I, I just think there's the reason why I wanted to include those first two, the big four and, and chapter one and chapter two of this is that they're all interconnected. You know, the military yep. industrial complex, the technology companies, the technology on your phone, the stuff that you use to send emails and, and, and look at cat videos is the same stuff that they're using to connect to war fighters, to balloons in the sky that may be robbing all of our military secrets and sending them God knows where. And if we don't comply with all of this, we're threatened with Train derailment. Remember that too. Oh yeah. Well, let's get into that, shall we? Well, I found out that also that there's a with the EPA. Apparently, they can confiscate the land if they say it's hazardous. So, is this a way of them scooping up all the uh, the open land for their 15 minute cities? Oh, oh yeah. Well, that's why I included it in this week's block too, Grace. You're right on with well, that, man. We didn't well, even before that. we move, right before we move real quick, I just yeah. want you to I want people to see the validity of this man that wants to have American young American men and women uh, as ground troops. That little clip, the little link right mm -hmm. there at the very bottom. I just want to get both of your takes on that real quick. Is this the guitar one? No, it's the very last one right there. No, the YouTube uh, right there underneath the wide yeah. open country. Yeah. yeah. This is. Uh... Does the pants come down? Yeah. There's another one that he appeared on too where he came out with an acoustic guitar and another gentleman. And they were both like pretty much nude. They had they had skibbies on, but it was behind the guitar, so they both looked naked. To the guy that wants to send American men and women to be ground troops and that bullshit. This right is there. this is how I feel, like right here. This is how I feel like when I see shit. Yeah, like this. I just hide my eyes. Like are these, these are the Too world much. leaders that we're supposedly supposed to send all of the uh, military industrial complexes technology to, or else, yeah. or yep. else there's going to be consequences. You know, from our own sons and daughters. Fuck these people. All that this is the missing worst. is a big a big Moloch owl god in the yeah. background yeah now i wanted to talk about this let's talk about um how you can cause mass hysteria um this is from the daily mail mysterious white dust that fell from the sky overnight in maryland and west virginia is identified as pollen <laughs> but that was after sparking right. conspiracy theories because of course 
Because when you have things that happen to you all the time, like train derailments and other things. Uh, <laughs> yeah. UFOs uh, being shot down. Yeah. It's a sparking conspiracy theories, but um, I wanted to get into this because uh, talk about conspiracy theories. Um, apparently, according to CNN Health, because we can trust them too, you know, Sanjay Gupta and all that bullshit. It says high levels of chemicals could pose long-term risk at Ohio train derailment site, researchers say. What? I thought it was okay. Um, it says that an analysis of data from the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency's measurements of pollutants released from the Norfolk Southern train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, suggests that nine of the dozens of chemicals that the EPA has been monitoring are higher than would normally be found in the area. According to Wow, I wonder how that happened. According to a group of scientists from Texas A&M and Carnegie Mellon University, if the levels of some of these chemicals remain high, it could be a problem for residents' health in the long term, the scientists say. Now, temperature changes or high winds, because that never happens there, uh, might stir up the chemicals and release them into the atmosphere. The highest levels found in East Palestine were of a chemical called acrolein. The analysis says acrolein is used to control plants, algae, rodents, and microorganisms. Poison ivy. <laughs> what did it just say there? Is is yeah. used to control them? How? It says it's a clear liquid at room temperature and it's toxic. It can cause inflammation and irritate the skin, respiratory tract, and mucous membranes, according to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. They say it's not elevated to the point where it's necessary, like an immediate evacuate the building health concern, said Dr. Albert Presto. But yeah, that, that would be too outward, right? That would cause too much panic and, you know, <laughs> type of stuff like that. If it's in small doses, you're not even going to know, <laughs> right? You're just wow. going to like, let it go by. Like it just in smaller doses, it's easier. You know, it's just yeah. like with the, sh with people dying from the shots, if, it, yeah. if it's just a handful of people here and there. People would be like, oh, it was just something else that could happen. That guy had a stroke because- People die every day. Yeah, people die of strokes at 15 all the time. You know, it's just, it's no big deal. You know, but if it was the entire class, right? If it was like a whole senior year <laughs> yeah. worth of kids, then Oops. people would notice. But if it's just one or two, they're just like, nah, probably it was just some type of heart condition that was- People die. Undiagnosed, yeah. yeah. So, and then with that too, I mean, let's look at, there's, there's been a whole other slew of these happening lately. Here's one from uh, Fox 13, train carry, uh, carrying propane, derails in Manatee County, Florida. No leaks detected, say officials. Um, oh, yes. The next one here, train derailment near Burlington Friday morning. This is uh, from uh, Burlington. It says a, a train apparently derailed early Friday morning near Burlington. According to information from the Burlington Fire uh, Volunteer Fire Department, the 17-car train and two BNSF locomotives left the tracks around 3 a.m. near County Road uh, 10 between Deslax and Burlington. And authorities are at the scene and no injuries have been reported, but there were no hazardous spills from the train derailment. But an, again, another train derailment. And also... Back to East Palestine, Ohio. Oh, suck it. Doesn't this just show how our infrastructure sucks? Well, yeah. Didn't we have a bill about that too? You know, didn't we have a bill there or something like... Thought, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it says Northwork Southern train derails in North Carolina. No danger to the public reported. How often is this, could this happen? Is this part of like the, you know, when we talked about multi-layered, you know, asymmetric warfare, couldn't you utilize something like this uh, to make people insane? 
And then it probably doesn't help, especially for people like us, that uh, five co-workers were killed as a twin-engine plane uh, crashed shortly after takeoff in Arkansas. Now, they, <laughs> yeah, they, right. weren't, they weren't going to uh, the East Palestine, Ohio. They were going to another site uh, where these valued consultants uh, were there to probe a molten metal explosion, too. It says Gunter Beatty, Cal Bennett, Micah Kendrick, and Sean Sweeney, and Glamarcus Walker died. Rest in peace. After their plane crashed after takeoff in Arkansas on Wednesday, all five men worked at the Center for Toxicology and Environmental Health. Wow! So it looks like we're going to have a lot of smart people that could have, you know, maybe given us some idea of whether or not these situations were going to be toxic or not. But they're gone. Um, well, the UK is keeping track for us as to uh, maybe to they could have been utilized in lawsuits that would have got people. Chris fell off. Oh no. Come back, Chris. <laughs> Come back, Chris. Here, I'm gonna text him and let him know that he you dropped the stream. There we go. You dropped off the stream. Come back. Boop. All right. But while while we're waiting for Chris to come back, and Lisa, I think you're muted. Lisa, you're muted. I can't hear you. Damn it. Yeah. So uh, while Chris comes back, uh, guess what? Putin plays the piano, too. So I thought I, I'd put that in the chat. Oh, where is <laughs> that now? Putin plays piano. Oh, look at him. That was in China, waiting for, for Jinping, whatever, Jinping. Oh, that sounds like shit. <laughs> Turn that fucking piano. All right. But um, yeah, we'll have that for the source list. And how many train derailments have there been in the U.S. in 2023? It says the frequent train derailments are under scrutiny after an ecological disaster struck near East Palestine, Ohio. What happened there? I don't know. You notice UK is doing doing the uh, doing the analysis, not you know. So somebody somebody pinched you on the shoulder, and you just thought that you were in a fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but what I was saying was that, that the plane full of people mm -hmm. could have been you used in like future lawsuits to get money for people that you know but then i realized oh it's not the uh, east palestine thing right well and and of course there's no coincidences that the the beach be20 which is the twin engine plane that they were on crashed near clinton. the bill and hillary clinton national airport in little rock <laughs> arkansas shortly after takeoff of course <laughs> wow okay now um wrapping up the last of the big four here um, because uh, we're going to crunch for time, but we, I think we can make it. Um, this I pulled, this is what I call uh, weaponizing transgenderism. Now, you're not allowed to say transgenderism anymore. Um, and in fact, I pulled that up here. This is from Science Direct. It says transgenderism has moved from the margins of medicine to an accepted medical issue. I wonder what's next. You know, thinking that you're a fucking Norwal, is that going to move from the margins there to acceptability? Yeah, someone got my letters. Yeah. Yeah, and it says here, uh, five point six, the ethical legal status of medically assisted reproduction and transsexual people. Medically assisted reproduction? That sounds like um what is that word? Oh, a racket. You know? How you're gonna create a new demographic to sell drugs to, you bastards. Right. And, and people that are afflicted with something that used to be considered, you know, a, you know, a margin of medicine medical issue, but I guess it ain't anymore. Everything's good now, right? 
says only a decade ago, transgenderism was considered a psychiatric disease and was classified as gender identity, gender identity disorder. That term has been recently replaced. What are we in fucking 1984? How many terms have they replaced in the past several years, folks? Vaccine. Yeah. How many others? What, what, what harm could that do? Just changing words like that. What's Enhanced that? interrogation. Well, and, and they replaced it to gender dysphoria, which they've since gotten rid of as well. Now it's just normalcy. They've taken it from you know, the, 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 out, the outlands of, of, of scientific medicine and thought, and they've taken it to your kid's school, folks. Now this gender dysphoria no longer appears in the Diagnostic Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders as a mental illness. They've stricken it from the record. Now, under epidemiology, studies that have attempted to assess the prevalence of transgenderism in the population have been methodologically uh, complicated by changing diagnostic criteria and terminology, <laughs> the level of cultural acceptance of transgender individuals and the time and place in which the studies occurred, and access to clinical care settings for transgender patients. Which means that, yeah, if you just change the ter terminology, and you just change the criteria of how you diagnose, you know, a mental illness, then everything's fine. If you just change the words, change how you look at it, stand on your fucking head and tell the rest of the world that they're upside down, everything's just fucking cool. Enhanced interrogation. Yes. Now, and no, Christina, we're not seeing your uh, comments twice, but thank you for being here. Um, uh, Critical Thought says that... Um, she doubts that Zelensky's packing enough to actually pull that off, but uh, maybe some natural shrinkage there. Need to hit the pool, um, and then uh, <laughs> and then uh, on the enhanced interrogation, critical uh, chimes in by saying enhanced beatings. I mean, lines of questioning. Yes, of course. Yeah, and another that, that was another thing about that that show twenty. I had never really watched twenty four. I was never a big twenty four watcher at all. Um, but yeah, you know, I know that they got into the the whole justifying the enhanced interrogation tactics in that too. So it's no wonder that they had a CIA plant um, in, in their, <laughs> in their production uh, team. So, but um, going back to this though, a New Jersey teacher has now been sued for allegedly, allegedly confusing a nine-year-old girl by calling her using male pronouns and telling the students to try being gay. And of course she's got the dyed hair and the symbols all right but a teacher from long island has found herself in a hefty lawsuit looks pretty hefty um <clears throat> just saying from the parents of a nine-year-old girl who's allegedly to have been become confused about her gender due to the teacher calling her by using male pronouns and according to the lawsuit deborah Rehnquist, who has been teaching fifth graders great man at the terryville road began to using opposite gender pronouns towards the girl just under two years ago and referred to her as Leo. So your name is Leo now. <laughs> That's what I want in a captive audience like that. I want to be forced into this stupid Prussian school system. I fucking hated school anyway. But I want to be forced into this bullshit. And then I want someone to tell me repeatedly that not only is my name not my name, <laughs> but also my gender is not my gender. That's really helpful. I'm glad they're learning all this in fifth grade. What the fuck does they need to know any of this shit? Oh, yeah. And then it says why it's unclear. It says why it's unclear. Who knows? You know, why Renquist was using male pronouns? Probably because it was like, you know, the thing to do to get attention. And it's just, if you look at, again, the dyed hair, the thing that you do to get attention, 
Um, now, was using the male Did pronouns. Did you say she, that her her child was driven to suicide? Well, or, we might have to Twitter? move on to that because there's definitely several cases of that. But it says here that uh, that was, she was clearly aware of the student's gender by January of 2022. Things had taken a turn for the worse when the nine year old drew a picture of a girl along with the message, "I want to kill myself." prompting the parents to be called into the Terryville Road Elementary School. Like, there's, there's a line from the door's wow. soft parade where he says, you cannot petition the Lord with prayer. And if all else fails, you, you whip the horse's eyes till he bleeds and cries. They're whipping these kids into these beliefs. And they're not taken with with all of them. Not everybody, but not everybody buys the bullshit. There are people that are critical minds, brilliant minds, probably that are sitting there going, "No, I'm not this. I don't belong in this category. Why do you consistently try to put me in this category?" And I know that that could, if you imagine, that could probably work on both ends, right? As somebody that does believe that they are uh, transsexual, that you know that they they need this sort of affirming care now that they're calling it. Well, what kind of affirmation is this? Is this the is this the kid's idea? Is this springing from the child's own free will, or is this being imposed onto the children? And in my and when you're holding a captive audience like that, like children and impressionable children, is it any wonder that this is the out this is this is the outcome that they want to kill themselves, that they don't want to belong in this world anymore, as they're told they don't belong in their own skin? Now, this is something that's also reinforced by our own NIH. Let's talk about, you know, we were talking about them with COVID and stuff like that before and all the evils sure. that they were responsible for there. Well, just look at this list of search results. There are 75, at least currently, um, or, or in the past, 75 different, and what the public knows either too, um, about gender-affirming care. This one, intervention to promote healthy relationships amongst transgender and gender-expansive youth. Not people that are 18, not people that are willing participants in whatever type of crazy rainbow room with oil sexology that they want to be. You know, Madison Cawthorn uh, was probably there on the sidelines taking notes, but uh, you know, nothing Whoa. like that. You know, we're, t we're talking about youth. We're talking about kids here, folks. Also, epigenetic, epigenetic differences and stress-related genes and transgender minorities. Look at the money. Look at the money add up. $689,000 for this characterizing intersecting gender, uh, sexual, gender, and race-based stigmas affecting communities of U.S. transgender women and cisgender men who are sexually active with men. Oh, okay. Um, does that include kids that are sexually active with men? I don't, I don't know. I don't even want to click on it. It says, uh, piloting a multi-level intervention to promote viral uh, suppression amongst transgender women living with HIV. So of course, yes, they have to continue experimenting with HIV too in order to get to yeah. the bottom of all this. So now moving on to, this is from the Department of Health and Human Services, part of their overview information. And don't worry, Dr. Fauci's outfit, the NIAID, the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, they're all into this too, researching on the health of transgender and gender nonconforming populations. It's part of the platform, folks. Part of the platform. And then this from the UCSF, first U.S. study of transgender youth funded by the NIH. Four sites with dedicated transgender youth clinics to examine long-term treatment effects. 
you know, so they'll, they'll recommend them after you fill out the survey, you know, fill out this, fill out this card, tell us how you feel. And we'll give you the exact drug that we think that you should have based on those answers. Now, this last one here from the Daily Caller. Trans activists funded by Big Pharma push biased research promoting medical transitions for children. So yes, it all comes back to consumerism. Getting your kids to jump onto the whatever train that that fucking thing is that, that's putting in their mouth. Or his. We're not gonna, well, there's the Adam's apple. So them. You know, yeah. Them. Them. Yes. They. That's another word that they want to change too. Yeah. The, mm. How how the word them applies. You don't think they can control minds? How do you control somebody's mind if they can't even speak? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. You know, how how are they ever gonna fight back against that if they can't even form and say the proper thoughts because the words that they're supposed to be familiar with don't even exist in their world? Young kids growing up in this captive audience, they're not going to have the same ability because the information that we grew up with and the culture that we grew up with will be gone. What, what defenses will they have in a captive audience to tell them that they are indeed them and they need to take their pills every day or else their CBDC gets cut off and they're no longer welcome into society? No. But uh, now that uh, wraps up our articles for this week. Um, any final thoughts from you guys before we wrap things up for today? I think we're fucked. Thank you. You're yeah, welcome. That's pretty How do you beat that? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was just going to say, folks, I mean, as, as we go through these things and we can get down and uh, uh, I definitely, I, we did a lot of crying this weekend. Okay. Uh, I had a very emotional weekend from Saturday show from viewing the, the, the yes, on a pedestal nonetheless too, uh, of my own design. But, uh, you know, just seeing, seeing the DC vigil with Gary, um, and hearing the singing that really, that really moved me. Um, listening to Dale and Keisha talk about their story, um, and, and their separation from their family really moved me. All these topics that we talked about tonight, they're all tied into what caused that harm. You know, what created this harm that, that put those people in those situations. So the more that we can do as a community, the more that we come together, I encourage everybody, please join the TMP crew. Um, all you have to do is like, share these videos, you know, follow us on the platforms, get people involved in the conversation, but also do your own research. I want a citizen's research team. We're reclaiming CRT here at the New Prisoners, all right? I want a citizen's research team. I want people out there researching the topics that we talk about here on the show and providing us and other people, other creators with that information. Um, all that information, um, if you'd like to, you could go to our Gab group, uh, which is the New Prisoners and Friends. I'll drag that over on the screen real quick too. Uh, you can go over to the New Prisoners and Friends. This is a free-to-join group on Gab. Uh, you can join for free and drop links, articles, videos, and stuff like that to us and all of our friends. Uh, we have people like Knights of the Storm that are members, um, Silas Guthier from Silas Speaks here. Uh, we also have Guard Goldsmith, Vince Agnali, a whole bunch of people, and we're going to continue adding more to the New Prisoners and Friends. So please, um, if you are part of a uh, you know, a movement 
or want to be part of a movement that investigates these types of things that you know to bring justice uh, to the world through what we can do as citizens to research these topics to better educate people to create change please come on over and and join the new prisoners and friends and what we do there so i want to thank everybody uh the past couple of episodes we've been getting you know a phenomenal um ratings and feedback from you guys lots of comments people are sharing stuff with us um the, the, it's growing folks and i can see it happening and I, I i can't tell you like how meaningful that is to me but to the people that we witnessed this past weekend to the people that have been victimized if we were to ever bring justice to them in any way we can't rely on our system to do it it has to be us we are those people and until we meet again and until we are free we are the new prisoners Thank you for listening to The New Prisoners. Let us know what you think about this week's topics on our Minds page and Substack, or leave a comment under our video on BitChute, Odyssey, Rumble, and Brideon. You can also risk being shadow banned, suspended, or permanently banned on Twitter and Instagram with us, or speak freely with us on Gab. Please feel free to share your own sources with us and remember to share the information we provided you here. You never know what kind of difference it can make. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, email thenewprisonernumber6 at protonmail.com. Provide a brief description of the topic or topics that you would like to discuss, and a screener will contact you. You can always choose to appear anonymously. And you can also donate to The New Prisoners through anchor.fm slash thenewprisonernumber6 slash support. There, you can make a monthly donation of $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99. We also have a Subscribe Star, where you can make a one-time or recurring contribution at subscribestar.com slash the hyphen new hyphen prisoners. Or you could donate US dollars and crypto to us on Mines and Odyssey. All donations go towards studio upgrades to make more content and advertising to spread the word about the show. Every amount is appreciated. Demand answers, not orders. We are the new prisoners.